this life, gotta make your own deals, chase your own thrills, pay your own bills. On the outer loop, sitting on chrome wheels, phone synced up to the newest chrome bills. On air, who cares if it's right or wrong? I just care which guests they invited on. Without a minute to stall, and there was liquor involved with some hype songs. And the night is young, right on cue, the talking begins. And we check out what Steve Bills got on the blends. A bit grimy. A backdrop from the late 80s to the mid 90s Till it finally takes us to a rhythm that works And K. Chrome spits a verse that he didn't rehearse Both flex skills proving it's all in So gather round for the newest installment Chrome Bills Episode number Giving you a new rhyme It did at least give me a new rhyme, that's a good point <laughs> Is this the intro? Yeah, we're just going off of this. Okay. Yeah. What's up? What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the episode number 127 of the Chrome Bills podcast. Yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. a war of attrition, bitch, we winning. Oh. K. Chrome is on in the house with the one and only Steve Bills, the one and only Steve Mikes. Steve Mikes fresh off a trip. In New York City, we'll get into that shortly. I wanted to start off the show a little bit old school. Okay. This beats the perfect backdrop for it. Episode 126. It's a long episode of Chrome Bills. About two hours. Uh, I might have been a little lit by the end of it. A little and, lit. Uh, we were having a very funny game, which is now uh, oh, yeah. permeating my brain to the point that I'll never <laughs> escape it, which was... Whether or not rappers cut the mic. So if you want to, uh, if you want to check that out, I think it's 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 actually broken up. It starts in the middle of the episode, and then there's a longer segment near the end. Uh, while we were talking about it, I referred to my favorite microphone, which is made by Shure. Shout out, Shure. Uh, free free promotion. Mm. S H U R E. I referred to it as an as an actually S R fifteen. Which, I know there's a gun called an AR-15. Uh, the correct the correct name for the shore mic is an SM-58. I'm glad to know one of you guys got that too. Listen, when I, I heard it, I was like, Jesus, what what SR-15. world are you in right now? I, well, I thought at first when you said that, I was like, oh, this dude must have like a a new type of mic here. Speaking of which, I was so inebriated on the trip the entire time up in New York City, and it's just been it's been a hectic whirlwind of of family uh-huh. friends foes uh-huh. ever since i got back that i forgot to tell you i got an email directly from shore and they said we actually uh have developed a prototype for the shore 15 and we want to sponsor mm. the are they cupping the mic segment so we do have a sponsor using a microphone that does not yet actually exist That's imagine amazing. that mm-hmm. it's amazing what actually the- if the sr15 exists does it look like a gun that someone's holding sideways that you're actually using as a mic, but is also pointing into the crowd. You hold the actually. SR, uh, do you hold it vertical? To be honest, it's uh, I, I wasn't quite a hundred percent honest with you guys. Actually, I wasn't contacted by the company Shore. I was contacted by their bootleg Unsure. So it's the Unsure <laughs> SR15. Does this thing work? I don't. I'm not quite. I don't. I'm unsure. Like just cup it as long as <laughs> it only worked if you as long it. as the inside <laughs> of your index finger and thumb are grazing gently grazing your beard. You're good grace. to go. A gentle grace. I've had this mic Speaking stand of, four or five years. Wow, 
breaking it out. Five years That's of the... my life, I've had this thing, and and this is the first night we've used it on the on the show. What lasts longer for you in mm. terms of the podcast? That mic stand, or speaking of grazing your beard, your beard. This mic stand will last longer than the beard. Okay, your wife doesn't like the beard. Is she that what loves, I'm hearing? She likes the beard. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm the one who I'm on the fence about it. Too itchy. Yeah, it's a little itchy, man. Okay. It's your boy. A little itch. It's Those, your boy the, right now. Little itchered. Little, little itchy. <laughs> the one thing I notice about both of you guys uh, when I'm looking at your beards, I'm. Hey, relatively clean shaven right now we're all about the same age sure, my right? beard that shit comes in like eminem my name is white like, right. comes in Doesn't really. super super duper white there's oh. not a there's not a black hair to be found that's a chromosome has been replaced by a white walker dude <laughs> rock that out man <laughs> why not put dude some, i got mad patches put I some got, new tone in there <laughs> I feel like an extra on night court when my beard grows out. (laughs) It's crazy. When I go get my beard trimmed, it cuts it down to like what little like salt and pepper there is underneath. But when it gets long enough, I mean, I should have looked like a balding Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so C's was up in New York, man. Good, good, good weekend. Appreciate very much. You and shout out to the homie Varak. Actually, Varak gave me this. Apple Cobbler Moonshine, 90 proof <laughs> that I'm drinking right now to set this show off. Mm-hmm. Not sure this is a very good idea, but Who are you? we're going with it. Once you sit down and strap in for the pod, it's like, yeah, I'm playing a track in about 30 minutes. Stay tuned. <laughs> right. That should be like a 45-minute mark drink. You're just diving right in. Just diving, just diving right in. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming up. It was an amazing weekend. I'm still – it's Thursday of the following week, and I'm still kind of – riding the wave of the weekend yes so run us, through, it. run us through the set how long how long uh did you how much stage time did you get there oh so we had a show at mercury lounge july 8th um the avid gamblers avid gambler show god i mean it was we we went across this this is the only way i can explain the show mm. uh, first of all i want to shout out mercury lane mercury lounge for lying about the show times <laughs> no. god, yeah so they on their website and even on the board outside they were like Right? Seven, uh, Blonde Otter, shout out to Blonde Otter, goes on at 7.30. Denizen's going on at 8.30. So we were at a bar across the street having a couple of drinks, getting loosened up. We'd already sound checked. We leave at, say, 7.10 because we know we're really going on at 7.30. We were having trouble getting into our own gig. I've, I looked across the street and I go, check out the line in front of Mercury Lab. The four people that I was with never even looked over and just laughed. They were like, haha, yeah. And I was like, no, nah, there's like 50 people in line outside. So, first I can of all, verify that because I was one of them. Yeah, because Cole was on the guest list. It was even harder to get in. By the way, if you had paid, you were getting in relatively quickly. If you were on the guest list or even in one of the bands, it was tough to get in. Holy shit. <laughs> there, was a, there was a money line and then there was the, the SR15 line. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the sound quality in this venue, I mean, it was Imagine. it was everything I ever dreamed of, of of doing music in New York. Like it was wow. It was so great. I I know I talked on the last show that, you know, life happens and Avid Gamblers will continue to be a band, but with Ben moving, I don't know 100% what the future holds. If that's one of the last shows, I'm okay with it. Because I felt like we had 30 minutes. We were opening. We may have played for the biggest or second biggest crowd of the night. More importantly, we laid it the fuck down. Wow. And that's at least how I left the stage. 
And you know, I like to keep it humble. I was like, yo, I did everything I wanted to do up there. I've always said uh, Chuck is one of the best MCs I've ever met. And I always felt like since he started working with the live band, it's been a perfect fit. Uh, Rashid is immensely talented as a guitar player. I mean, let's not forget Ben on the drums, but for now, I want to put a little spotlight. Uh, not a priest molesting kids kind of spotlight, a good spotlight on uh, Rashid. This, my man started doing, you know, like when you see DJs do turntable tricks where like they're turning their back to the table or like going through their legs, anybody who's been around enough DJs knows like that's, you don't just do that uh, for show without actually being able to DJ. And at one point, like Rashid was putting the guitar behind his back you know, playing it without looking at it. It was really impressive. Wow. Ben is incredible on the drums, keeps perfect time, has a lot of flair, very good backup mics. But, I mean, the star of the show, let's be honest, it's, it's like Chrome Bills, you know? There's three of us, but there's really one star of the show. K-Chromosome, as a front man, just completely knocked it out of the park. It was an awesome show. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I like I said, I I left that night, and I was just like, holy shit. If that's it, you know, <laughs> can't say shit <laughs> like like the crowd was there the sound was there i did everything i would have thought you know like in my best you know in my best approach the night before like how am i going to handle the show and and i feel the same way about rashid and ben so like we were talking before we're like hey man you know we put a lot of work into this this is kind of a culmination of the last three years just go out there and enjoy it like there's no reason to right. to do anything but that and it's it was kind of one of those moments you hear people talk about it in all professions like I have a shred of anxiety the second the first note hit. I was just like, this is it, man. Like, I'm a kid playing in the bouncy balls. I'm a fucking seven-year-old swimming in the the ocean. Like, I was just like, here we go. Let's do it. So shout out to those guys, like, friends for life, homies for life, and the bond we formed. Like, I'll never forget it, and I'll definitely never forget that night. And C's, of course, thank you for coming up. Shout out. Absolutely. Hey, listen, I I think most importantly, the the show was great, and your friendship with Sheet and Ben is great, but I think the most important thing about what they did that weekend was buy new Chrome Bill shirts. We got blue shirts, <laughs> and each of them bought one, and that was just spectacular on their part. Really, really solidified my friendship with them for life. So, the fabricated segue, right? So, I we had just gotten the blue shirts. The blue shirts for Chrome <laughs> yeah. Bills are ridiculous. So, I shoot a note to Cole. Shout out to uh, Studio One Printing, Gorilla Fist, Jeff and Forrest. And I go, by the way, I'm, I'm rocking the Chrome Bill shirt, obviously. If you don't want to be wearing the same shirt, wear something else. Right. He wears it. I'm not mad about it at all. <laughs> when we talk outside, I go, dude, after I kill this set, at least one person is going to come up to you and be like, yo, dog, nice shit. Yeah. And it happened. It, did. it happened, it definitely right? happened. Definitely happened. <laughs> if, it, if it had been a white person, I would have jo- just jokingly been like, I guess we all look alike, huh? <laughs> I was like, if, if saying that to a white person, I don't think it would land. I guess saying it to anybody, it wouldn't land, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, dude, it was because as soon as like I was gonna wear it, and I actually had I tried on uh, a different shirt, and oh, then when you sent shirt. the text, different I was shirts. like, I ha- I absolutely have to wear it like yeah. now just because he sent the text. Right. It was definitely an interesting space to be in too, in that you know, I, I still consider us a hip hop group, but I guess we're sort of a Venn diagram because I mean I'm definitely doing hip hop lyrics. There might be like some singing in the choruses, but if it's like a ninety ten, right? Because some of the songs also have rap choruses. There wasn't a shred of hip hop in the in the rest of the show. There was not. Uh, but I I want to say that you know, Blonde Otter I'd never seen before, never heard before. They had a hell of a draw. I was incredibly entertained by the show, in particular the frontman. I feel like that guy. That, that there's a chance that in ten years we'll be like, that's the dude that was in Blonde Otter. Right. You know, or yeah. Blonde Otter will blow up. And then I have such a tremendous amount of respect for Dennison, 
Uh, ben used to be the drummer. I, I love the drummer now. And in particular, Dave is just such a talented musician. He he takes it back. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about Defiant later. He takes it back to the level of like singer, songwriter, uh, master, producer, you know, like the vision of the group. I feel like those guys tore the fucking house down, too. So it was just a great night to be a part of. And I had cupcakes with my face on them. Yes, that was very cool. We got to put a picture of that uh, on the Chrome Bills Instagram page. I was feeling that. Uh, Chuck Cakes. Who made those? Uh, one of our uh, one of our supporters and Your friends. Is uh, it Sheed's yeah. wife? Fans. No, it was uh, it was one of her friends. Works okay. at Magnolia Bakery. Shout out to Magnolia Bakery. I'm sure they were counting on the Chrome Bills plug when they gave us the Chrome cupcakes. Bills bump. You got the bump. Uh, but we had cupcakes with my face on them, Ben's face on them, and Rashid's face on them. <laughs> I'll tell you what was the most impressive part to me, and this is sort of going to uh, double back to the first night of the uh, the three the three night extravaganza. How you pulled that off? It would have taken me maybe six weeks to digest a Peter Luger's meal and then do a show the next day. That was the most impressive part. Right? Ooh. Could you have done the show the same night as the Peter Luger's meal? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Only if it was like a very chill. Since you're in a live band, I could see us doing a show in like a seated, cocktail a bar seated, where I'm show. seated. And I'm not talking about the crowd being seated. <laughs> the Chuck's I'm, talking, I'm talking about the artist <laughs> being seated. <laughs> like I'm picturing me like taking random bites of cheesecake yeah. in between yeah. songs. That's about the only show I could have done. The after. big pun <laughs> approach to uh, performing. Yeah, yeah, I guarantee. Big pun has actually done the show at Luger's. <laughs> right. Check I it out. It's funny. So on the drive up and for, and you know, I got to say huge shout out to Varrock as always, just sort of a linchpin for any activity that ends up being a good time. Uh, just such a good dude to have involved with things. And so I told him, I was like, yo, I drive so much already for my commute. If you drive, I'll pay for gas. I'll pay for tolls. I'll well, get, you, you pay know, for Peter food. Luger though. Uh, no, <laughs> well, would he have to pay? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but so, we drove up there and I told him, I was like, look, do yourself a favor. Don't go drink for drink with Chuck. Like, you know, not Chuck's not the type that he's going to try and pressure you into it, but don't this is a real, this is a real conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I've learned the hard way. Like don't feel compelled to go drink for drink with Chuck. You know, like if you're halfway done with one and Chuck's like already ordering another one, just, you know, don't think any less of yourself. That's just, he's just a different species when it comes to that shit. If you need a glass of water, get a glass of water. So we get to the hotel and, uh, First of all, when we the, we were supposed to have parking through the hotel and it wasn't exactly clear as to where it was. So somehow we ended up in a parking lot, literally like three feet from where the uh, hotel was. That somehow wasn't the parking lot we were supposed to use. And the guy was like, yeah, like now that you've turned in here, like you're supposed to give us 50 dollars. Like you have to give us 50 bucks. And it wasn't like a three point three point turn and peel out of there. Like it was it was going to take some doing to get out of there. He's like, welcome to lower Manhattan. <laughs> Right. So eventually I was like, not nah, like that's just not going to happen. So we're going to leave. And, you know, so we left. Anyway, we ended up checking into the hotel. Like timing is great. Made a good time up there. And so Varak, uh, being who he is, he had brought two bottles of moonshine for Chuck and he had bought uh, a bottle of Knob <laughs> Creek uh, for he and I. So we uh, make plans to meet up with Chuck. And I'm thinking, all right, so how we need to. We need to do a little pregame because I don't want to deep dive into the first drink like right away. So. We're going to walk to Chuck's place. Literally, I mean, it couldn't have been located any better. We li- we were staying less than a 30-second walk from Chuck's building. Essentially, if you could get into the service entrance of my building, you were right. 50 feet. Right. But you have to walk around to the front. So uh, the thinking was, let's have let's have a little of this Knob Creek to go. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. How about Knob Creek? Knob, knob Creek. Creek. 
Knob Creek. Knob uh, Creek to go. So I was like, oh, we don't have any containers. And then, of course, what does over, oh, every hotel with room come with? Coffee and coffee cups. A little ice in there. Bloop, bloop. By the time we get to Chuck's, you know, like I've got half a coffee cup full of Knob Creek. Not, not in me. I'm sipping on it. Okay. I'm sipping on it. Okay. But so we're hanging out from there. Polish that off. Maybe a half hour later, we're at an outdoor, outside bar. And Chuck, you can speak to how these pop up. It's a pretty interesting story about how they've become like city blocks after Sandy and all that stuff. But we have at least one drink there. I, actually, I guess we had two and then made our way to another bar. By the time we got to Peter Luger's. We must have been five bourbons, <laughs> like Ooh. heavy-handed bourbons. Now, here's the thing. I've been in enough situations with eating. Huge mistake to go in and be like, I'm just not going to eat anything all day and I'll be starving. You okay. never want to do that. You yeah. got. I had, a, I had a big boy breakfast. I had a big breakfast for big breakfast. Uh, on the way there, I had a little McDonald's. By a little McDonald's. <laughs> by a little McDonald's, I mean a lot of McDonald's. So by the time, you know, like we were drinking and sat down at Peter Luger's, I was like, I'm starving, but not too starving, but I'm pretty drunk. So I'm going to get after it. And boy, did we get after it. What did you, what was the steak that you guys ordered? We, the last couple of times I've gone there, we've been in groups of uh, six, but to be fair, it's usually three guys and three girls. And we downplay the order, right? Cause they, there is no, like, I want a porterhouse. I want this. There's just steak for blank. So like, if we go with six, we're getting like, and steak we're getting like steak, steak for four. May we may have got steak for five ones, but I think it's like steak for four, and usually still leaving with some. We sit down, uh, shout out my homie Paul, and then me, Cole, and Varak, so the four of us, and oh, we go all in. We okay. go steak for four, <laughs> okay. and this shit comes out. I mean, it's the size of my sternum, right? right. Like, I think that's like the. Best. <laughs> if you cut my arms and legs off, yeah, that is the si- in my head. That's the your, size of your steak. torso. Yes, my torso. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. Gotcha. This thing comes out. Give it about 25 minutes. People are, are digging with their forks on the bone. There's no actual meat left. Wow. Right. Yeah. And uh, let's not let's not skip over the uh, the appetizer either. They had, you know, like the big slabs of bacon. They br- I mean, the bacon is basically like a, uh, a, a like if you just flattened a pork chop, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what the bacon is. But it also came with what looked just like regular like a regular tomato and a regular onion. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they were super fresh. God, that was so good. Those two things just with the, the tomato, bacon. Just the tomato and onion. And the onion. I told you guys. Actually, that's an extra order. So you order the bacon by the slice. Okay. Right. And then I've learned from going with people that are veterans. They're like, you got to get the tomato and onion. I still remember the first time I was there. I'm like, that just looks like someone sliced a tomato and sliced an onion. I do think maybe the onion, you know, onion can be a little bit too strong. I think that they like put it in some chilled water yeah, okay it a little bit but other than that it's not flavor it's not seasoned at all huh. for some reason it's so fresh which also in new york like ultra fresh produce you're not really getting it down the street right so like i don't know <laughs> where's that coming <laughs> from right where's that coming from <laughs> the parking exactly garage sure, where like, charges 50 bucks. what what rooftop or where in long island or right, new jersey this right, shit is right, coming right. from but you just start chopping it up with the bacon steak as i like to call it Bacon steak. Oh, shit is now, let me ask unbelievable. You what, time, unbelievable. what time of the night is this? What time was your? We had a, we had a seven forty five reservation. Okay, so what time are you leaving out of there? Ten. I think we left it? about ten. Okay. Let's. I don't want to hit fast forward on that. Okay, though. we I got. We got. Okay. All right. I'm not even done with the appetizer yet. They got to give you the uh, the the onion because I think it absorbs flavor. 
And then the tomato, I think, is a nice texture thing along with it, which had me thinking, what if you had a BLT with an onion on it? You did say that that night, too, and I, I 100% agree. Did I stumble across something? I think we ought to, we got to try. I've never been a huge fan of the BLT, but every time I see somebody order it, I'm like, oh, that's a fucking smart move. I also saw that uh, someone on Instagram had made uh, it was a BLT with guacamole, and they were like, "Yo, I made the LGBT. I made the LGBT." <laughs> Very nice. Respect. Respect. Nice. Nice. All right. So the state comes out, and uh, it, it was just one of those moments where, like, you know, as it was sitting there, I was like, I almost, I, I almost don't want to eat this because I don't feel worthy. Like, I don't want to spoil the moment. Like, if I could live in this nirvana forever, hmm. like the perfect peak of being a little tipsy, being hungry, and this is right in front of me. It was just perfect. Right there. And, yeah, like Chuck said, less than a half hour later, at one point I jokingly said to the waiter, I was like, can I just chew on the bone? He's like, yeah. Like, he, he, like he's probably heard that question several times, either jokingly or serious. And then I started chewing on the bone because I like to get everything off. I want to clear it off. By the way, the pieces right near the bone, let it be known. Yeah, let it be known. The K to the chrome. Let it be known. <laughs> Eating the pieces close to the bone. That shit is proper so i think i said it on episode 126 i said you can make an argument that is the greatest american food restaurant yeah right not the best restaurant in america but the greatest american food restaurant the one thing i said to colin Varak on the way there was i said when you go into anything hyped up it could be a movie it could be music it could be a dinner it could be driving someone's car when it's super hyped it rarely ever lives up to the hype Right. Peter Luger's yep. might be the one spot that exceeds the hype. Well, you know what? How about how about that as a tagline? Peter Luger's believe the hype. <laughs> right. I asked you guys after the meal, I go, did that exceed the hype? And both said, absolutely. Yeah. Well, here, you know, here's the other thing. It's funny because I was thinking about when you said you can make the argument it's the best American restaurant without question. I've never there's been other types of food like Mexican. I feel like three nights in a row. That's enough. Or at least, you know, something with that that's like based in, in cheese and flour and rice and beans like that, that could get a little heavy. Maybe you want to toss it in the salad. I've never had, maybe you want to toss your salad. I've never had a <laughs> steak enough nights in a row that I got sick of it. And I can say that because when I used to live either with or near Varak, for some reason, my man always had steak. I remember doing the, the snowmageddon of what was that? Oh, nine. I think we ate steak for like nine days in a row and I never got sick of it. I think, therefore, I could make the argument for me, Peter Luger's is the best restaurant I've ever been to because I would never get – it's a very limited menu. I don't think I'd ever get tired of eating that. Wow. And it's also worth noting that a restaurant that we're not only giving a 10 out of 10 but saying might be the best American restaurant, service, terrible. Terrible service, <laughs> now, huh? No. <laughs> maybe because I was so, like, maybe blown away by the hard word. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm indifferent to the service at best. You know, it's okay. funny you say that because I was so – I think because I was so hungry and just like like staring at the table until the food came out. Like like a kid at Christmas, I was like, I don't remember what my parents' service was like, you know, on like Christmas morning. I was just so focused <laughs> on the food. I don't think I even noticed the guy what, – what makes you say that you were indifferent to or like you didn't think it was great? I don't remember anything about uh, well, it. Well, so I think saying terrible, uh, even though I just said it ago, I think that saying terrible is extreme. But – when you go to a really good restaurant, the service is usually to the point where you're like, geez, 
Yeah, like these guys, alone, the service is amazing. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And they're just yeah. like, is that good? You want this? You want that? <laughs> I remember it was like early in the meal, and my boy's like, yo, you said you were going to bring bread. And I was like, calm down. That's true. And no, it, that's he's, true. Like, he's like, no, I already asked him when you were in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, shit, are we double yeah. asking for bread? Like, you know, it's just like that type of thing. And, you, you know, it's not one of those like, uh, let me make sure you always have a full drink. You know, it's, it's definitely not that type of vibe. And I always tell the story where I ordered the I was drinking Basil Hayden when I was there, because the other thing we haven't mentioned is that when you order a, a straight <laughs> liquor, that was, drink tough there, that was the tough one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this. It's very visual. Yep. But I'm holding like an eight-ounce juice glass that oh, has no. some ice in it. That That's basically what they give you for the drink. So they're like, Everybody's oh, like, that's a $15 drink. And you're like, yeah, it has four ounces of bourbon. <laughs> right, right. And four ounces of ice. So it's funny. When, when we got there, like after the bourbon that we had had, because the other thing was I didn't want to that, – that's a tough situation to be in in terms of what you're going to – and this is such a first-world problem, but – you know, it's it's oh woe is me! What a tough life I have trying to decide what to drink before I have eighty ounces of steak uh, in New York City with three of my best friends. Um, what do you like? I was like, I don't want to start pounding beers because then I'll be too full. Vodka is not going to sit right with steak. Like bourbon was the perfect one, but by the time we got there and Chuck handed me that bourbon drink, I was like, oh shit! This yeah, you I'm guys might have been I'm a little too deep. I'm gonna slow play this one. I'm gonna slow play this one. I'm realizing just in myself because I'm scatterbrained. I didn't finish that story. Is that I got Basil Hayden at the bar the first time I went there. I tried to order a second drink at the table, and the dude told me we don't have that. Right. And I was like, Yo, I just got it at the bar. And he basically said, in a in a, like a 1940s Brooklyn accent, he was like, You must be on that new new. Write it down for me. And right, I was just right. like, Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. It's probably one of like the ten most popular liquors. Well, to to my point earlier too about telling Barack not try to keep pace with Chuck. So uh, at one point, like I was maybe a quarter of the way into the to the bourbon. I was like, I got to have wine with the steak. Like, I, I just need something like flavor wise, just a little bit to slow it down. Balance. So after we finished the steak, I finished my uh, wine. I think I eventually uh, finished the bourbon, too. But at one point, uh, Chuck, like Barack, just he, like he'd had enough. I think Chuck took uh, Barack's. Took is a strong word. No, I'm sorry, not took, not took. I don't, I don't mean it like that. But I think, I think it was like it was clear to everybody Assist, on the table. He like, assisted at the table. Yeah, he was like, yo, like, so you drank his bad wine. cleanup. I think you also drank his bourbon. No, I, I think you're, th okay. you're fast forwarding, fast forwarding to what I finished. Just drink at the next bar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we get, so we like, of course, there. I ended up getting pecan pie. And then uh, who? What did? Oh, that's right. Because Paul got the cheesesteak. I'm Jeez. sorry, cheesecake. You guys cheesecake. Went, yeah, you guys went in. And by the way, man, this is. I'm going to send this out to all the Chrome billionaires. Anyone listening here yeah. that is eventually going to go to Peter Luger's. Everything you take away from this conversation is valuable, but nothing more valuable than the next point. When you go to Peter Luger's, it's somebody's birthday. Right. Oh, I don't give shit. a God, fuck. I forgot about that. Who at the table's <laughs> birthday it is. It's somebody's birthday. They're not checking IDs, and they give you a bunch of extra dessert for free. Why would you not like <clears throat> play the game? Play the game, right? That shit ain't coming out. You're saying Cole posted for a free Cole. dessert. It was so crazy when they, I like. It's I like a, so it's cool. a ton of chocolate coins, and then like the biggest plate of homemade whipped cream that anyone could imagine. Like no one, we, we didn't put half of this shit down. Like they just right. drop it in the middle with a candle in it, and they're like, "There you go, bro." I didn't realize that so the golden coins, that was because we said it was, I'm sorry, that was because it was Varrock's birthday? Correct. 
Oh, I, I thought that they capped off every meal with the, the golden coins. That was definitely they might, they might throw you one or two when you pay the check, okay. but they yeah, ain't yeah. dropping the yeah. 10 stack. Right. My man right. had <laughs> my man had casino coins. He was getting ready to hit up the floor. Right. Uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. And because I remember like I was so full when uh, I think Paul, he actually said to somebody at the table, he was like, I, I did tell him it was your birthday. And so I was aware that that was happening. And as they were coming over to us, I was like, oh, is it Paul's birthday? <laughs> like, I, I forgot that he told him it was Varak's birthday. <laughs> Here's another interesting move. And I, I, I think uh, this is where liquor meets uh, digestion. We got coffee at the end of it. I wish we had gotten a digestif. Yeah. Not, not like, if they had had grappa, so I would have gotten grappa. Coffee sometimes, like... Whatever those little things that we got that one time, Chuck. Yeah, the shooter. A shooter or grapple. Oh, Steve and I got, we had come off of a, yeah. it was a weird one of those like prefix meals. And it was, it was Valentine's <laughs> Day. And I remember we went in this restaurant and they're like, <laughs> what the hell were hey, you two doing? They're like, well, it was four of us we were oh. with our significant others. That and shit was crazy. We go in, it was the most ridiculous meal. But they warned us when they came in, they're like, hey, we're only doing one meal. Like, what is it? They're like, it's seven courses. I'm like, I love this restaurant. We'll, we'll roll the dice. We'll roll the dice. But when you've ever been, this is different than being full off cooked steak. If you've ever been full off of raw fish, like, oh. like full to the brim. But it wasn't, ju- there wasn't just raw fish. Do you remember there was like, was it like a, it was like, there was dancing fish it was skin. Like, at one point. Yeah, fish skin that was dancing and it was, it was out there, man. What? What was this place? It's called uh, it's called Desnuda. Oh, Justin's walking in during this at a perfect shout out, timing. Shout out to Justin. Shout out to Justin. But so we went in bride set, seven, maybe eight courses deep oh, I felt on the so... on the raw fish or or fish that's cooked in lemon juice, right? Okay. So we go over. Uh, Edan was DJing at uh, Bergen, which is in Bedside. We go over there, and Steve and I are just like, "Yo, what do you got?" We, like, we need <laughs> like, to go home. Well, we were considering going home early. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you got that'll rip through this? And he was like, "This, it's, it's a digestive. It's designed as a digestive, and it comes in basically an airplane bottle. It's not even packaged. Liquefied licorice. And it, he's like, if you hate Jaeger, you won't like this. It kind of tastes like Jaeger. I would say it's a lot better than Jaeger. Okay. And it ripped the fucking. It, it, if, if it turned a bowl into a funnel, like things just okay. started moving. <laughs> Did you have to hit the head at the at the spot? No, no, not even that. It was okay. just that you weren't gotcha. then disgustingly full. I was That's... as full as I've ever been that night. We drank this little vial of shit. All of a sudden, I think Chuck and I had ten dark and stormies after that. Get out of here! What, what was it called? <laughs> to your to your point about going drink for drink with Chuck. Steve can roll. Steve, Steve can roll. Okay. That night I did. I'm, I don't know about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> See, it's funny because, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, oh, so-and-so is nice on the mic. And then, you know, you go on Spotify and there's albums there. Like, I feel like Barack, there's been some people that have talked up how much I can eat. Uh, but they're like, there's only one way to prove it. And that's to do it. You know what I mean? Right. When we were at Peter Lyle's, like, yo, like, like, at the end of it, I could have had like another piece of bacon, some more tomatoes on like I could have kept like piecemeal and some other shit. Wow. The way that you guys drink yeah, but that's that's how I roll with food. You know what I mean? I kinda the wanna way- see you take down a steak for two. I don't mean to derail because I want you to finish the thought. But Wait I think the next time you're in New York, I mean Cole sitting okay. dolo, Peter Luger steak for two. Okay. So how much what percentage of the steak that we got is it literally half of the one that we got? 
the price math is not on a half because it starts at two. So I don't think so. But it, let's say it's even – let's say it's close to that. For the sake of argument, okay. If I don't think it would more, actually be half. It would be less. If it's – okay. I mean, if it was more, more than uh, – I don't know. Let's think about it. If it's more than 50 – like, if it's, if, it's, if it's 70% of that, I couldn't do it. If it's, I'd say – I mean, sixty percent. Like, I, I'd, I'd really have to, I'd have to be left alone for a while afterwards. But I could do it. I could do it. Were there like? Right, I'm, were I'm there, finishing this there... thought as, as an engineer. I'm finishing this thought. Okay. So the yes. difference is that it would be the same amount of meat. The reason why it's prorated is that the, the weight of the bone, because mm. every steak mm. there is bone in. Okay. Okay. So, so, yeah. so it'd be fifty percent of the steak for four that they brought out to the table. I'm going to say I could do that easily. Not easily. Not easily. But I could do that. Because here's the other thing. You know what they brought out? And this is, God, there's, we got, like, people like Dez who are food heads or, like, uh, my brother-in-law. There's, there's folks we need to talk to about this. When they were asking about the sides, and Paul was like, let's get German potatoes, which is a good move for flavor, but I feel like they'll take up some real estate. Cream spinach, I've always felt like, is such a fucking money move with steak. <laughs> Because it, oh, yes. it's such a nice flavor profile with it. You can dip the steak in it, but it doesn't take up the space that something heavy like a starch would. But I wonder what, like, like green beans. What's the game on that? Mm. My phone just buzzed and says that Chrome Bills has four stars on Yelp. Nice. <laughs> Does it really? Notification. These guys were assholes. Terrible service. We've been talking Crazy. about steak for 45 minutes. Not so it's amazing. So, so we were we were out of there. It's amazing. Oh, we got to culminate this because it was a night, it was a night to remember. We we culminate. We go. So ten o'clock. There, there's this bar. There's this bar called the Dead Rabbit in New York City, which is I mean you could Google it right now. Anyone listening, you should Google it. It's it's one of the best bars in the world, right? We did not go there. Spoiler alert. Okay. We did not go there. Okay. They have recently opened another bar that's like a Cuban theme cocktail bar. It's a little bit more upbeat. Upbeat. It's not as like you know dark room but I mean, mainly it's the same experience to me it's it's a great bar from people that know how to make a great bar we go there right post peter lucas post pete's <laughs> Cole's, Cole and Varak. these guys were pre-gaming out of coffee cups before they come to meet me now we're getting deep now we're hitting cocktails right go to the menu Boom. Flipping pages. Eating food. There's a drink. Pages. What's it called? What's it called? It's called the Nat King Cole. The King Cole. There wasn't even a Nat. The oh, King, King Cole. Cole. Yeah. I look. Yeah. I go. That's you. That's you, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like a, a little kid. If you were allowed to drink liquor when you're 12, I was like, Dad, order for me. You know what to do. <laughs> but you know what it was? It was essentially just like a huge glass of rye whiskey with what I love. Those like huge ice cubes. Yeah. It was, uh, but that was, it was the perfect drink because I just slow sipped it. I did because I remember Chuck and when Justin rolled through, she was like, "Yo!" Uh, at some point, she said something about how many rounds we were going to be there, and Chuck was like, "No more than three. So I was like, "All right, so at least four and a half." But so w- when that drink came out, I was like, "This is perfect for me because I I will sip this the whole time that we're here, enjoying the conversation." Barack on the other, hand, <laughs> he was not looking great. He did, so he, that's he took that's where far. I started. I started finishing. Uh, at one point, I did finish Rockstreet. That's what the, he took it too far. No, I think he, you know it's interesting. So like you know, I, I don't know if I've actually said this on the podcast. I got a kid on the way. My wife's expecting Steve. I've always been impressed with uh, Thank you. your ability to 
A, have children, and B, still maintain a party life. I think Barack just wasn't used to being up past midnight. You know what I mean? Like, we were at this bar. Like, we got to the bar at, like, what, like, like 1130? And I don't think we left until, like, 2. Does that sound right? Yeah. Uh, no, you left my house, my house at 2. So at 2, okay. 12. Okay. 1230. 1230. Yeah. Right. So, like, you get to a bar like that, and it's not like, yo, I'm going to be leaving in 10 minutes and, like, I'm 40 minutes. I'm not like, you're going to be there for a minute. And I think he just – I mean, he held it down, you know, like there was no there was no improper behavior and anything like that. But just the look on his face was like that. You know, he it's wasn't. A long, he, it's a long day. It's a long. Yeah. Well, yeah. Plus, we had driven. God knows what he did with his kids during the day. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. Somebody's internet's of, crapping out. Is that mine? Is that yours, Chuck? It's not me. I'm CZ, good. CZ Breezy. I'm good. I'm hearing you guys fine. OK, cool. OK. Um. So when the drinks were coming out, we were like, as we were reading it, and we saw that a lot of them were topped off with like an egg white foam. Is that to give you protein along with the alcohol so the hangover is not as bad? That's a nah, good I think, question. I don't know. I think it's for the foam. That's like a, just per- for the that's like a Peruvian just, thing, right? Just for the foam. What are those uh, drinks called? For the foam. Uh, like, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's called a Pisco a Sour. Pisco, yeah, a fucking pe- great drink. Those are good drinks, yeah, definitely. Right. So I think it's just uh, people have taken – have taken inspiration from that drink and decided okay. that foamy drinks, especially yeah. with citrus, right? Because it cut the two, like a Pisco Sour, the ingredients are, I know it comes out green, so I'm trying to remember what the other one is, but it's like definitely it's, le- I feel like it's, it's definitely cl- clear brandy. brandy. No, it's clear brandy. Okay. Uh, lemon juice and uh, egg whites, and then there's something else. Okay. Maybe it's lime juice, too? It's, sure. it's something that comes through, but it, it's there. They, they balance each other, right? right. If yeah. you had a foamy drink that had no citrus in it, You'd be very like if that if the King Cole just had a weird foam on it, you yeah. would not be feeling that. Yeah, that's not right, good. right, right, right. Only built for human drinks. Acids and bases, right? Combining mixology. One hundred one. One hundred one. So, so you that guys was wanna, dope. you guys want to play a song real quick? Sure. Chuck, Did you, you say refresh my drink? Oh, Chuck. sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna go make a steak here. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Shout right? out to all the all the vegetarians <laughs> listening. Yeah. Shout out to all my veggie friends. Well, that, it, that's one of those moments where, you know, you know, we sort of got into this last time, last the last episode about like man's dominion over the earth or yeah. like how how destructive that is. There, those kind of meals where I'm like, I don't, I I would really sacrifice my ability, like the earth's stability, for my ability to eat steak. Like it was that good, you know what I mean? Like, because at one point I had never really thought about it, but your boy Paul, yeah, was breaking it down. He's like, you know. When they age, age steak is, is just sort of like, you know, when I was reading about the iceberg that broke off the size of Delaware, they're like, oh, it calved. Like, what does that mean? Like, it split off from the rest of the fucking thing that it was a part of. Like, aging steak is a euphemism for letting the, the meat just fucking die. And then you cut off the, the, the dead parts. And then, like, it, am I getting that right, Chuck? Like, closer to the center, it's better after it's been aging or, like, just dying. Yeah, I, th- I think that you're right in the sense that they age it and then the pieces that are getting hit with the air. Too aged. <laughs> there's there's no too aged there, though. In fact, I think that if you had a, a fresh steak, you might be surprised. <laughs> like, it would, you'd be like, no, nah, this ain't Luger's. Like, if someone was like, I, I just killed this cow, I took it off. Right. I threw it on the grill. Right. Like, I think it has a, it's, a diff- it's very different than... Uh, I don't even know if this is true of sushi, but I feel like people are like, yo, I had sushi that like literally we, they caught the fish and skinned it and we were eating it on the on the right. boat, you know, on the boat with some soy sauce. Like I don't think anyone's ever told that story for steak. 
Well, Dylan's so like, yo, my man, like, he hit the he hit the cow down. Like, the cow was still lying there. We just took 16 ounces out and threw it on the grill. We were on some walking dead shit, just eating a fucking cow. Yeah, I don't know well, if there's right, any so, cow hunting going on these days. So I think that's the thing about sushi, and that's to the point about the steak letting it age. I think the bacteria that comes out as it ages is good for the steak, but very bad for the fish. Like, you don't want fish with a bunch of bacteria on it. More bacteria, the better for the steak, if I understand correctly. <laughs> This is why I'm good. Now, I'm what good if at... what if they yeah. could create that same steak that you enjoyed in a laboratory? Would you eat it? I, I'd be fine with that. You'd be okay with it? No, I don't think I would. You because would have of... to have something that died, even if there it was genetically exactly the same. Although it didn't come from a living animal, it came from a laboratory. What's the ecological impact of that? Is it better for the earth? Better I guess for the probably. Earth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. Absolutely. Every time that that laboratory farts they capture that methane and pump it into a chamber to power it to turn on the lights sure great <laughs> more, more lighted peel and you shine that light, light on my steak and my greasy face yeah say it grows in like a dish and it's you know sure sure okay well this I'm is easy that. all right yeah it's a definite yes for me now like That's what scares happening. me that that shit is actually happening right now what scares me about that is like i don't want to go full jetsons where okay I think, actually, I think actually enjoying food is it's a fun thing, right? It's not. It's okay. kind of why I'd ra- it's kind of why I'd rather have a cocktail than a shot, right? It's like I want to I want to sit on it. I was like part of part of the the intake is part of the fun. Got, hey, it. Yo. Got it. Right. So I don't want to have a pill that like gives me the feeling like I just ate a steak because then I'd be like that was too much in that pill. Give me half right. that pill. Right. But like if it if it looked and felt. And then you told me it was better for the environment. I wouldn't be against it. I, yeah. I, a lot of people would be, but I wouldn't be. Okay. Yeah, You'd have think, to be a real I asshole to be I against that, that. No, no. Well, I think a lot of people are, are weirded out by the idea of, like, people are weirded out by GMO foods, you know? Um, well, all right. For so- protecting, a, for having a crop that's protect, you know, your, your, in, you're applying a certain pesticide or whatever to make sure that the thing grows a whole bunch. It doesn't die off. It can fight off insects or whatever. All right. So the last, the last episode, I brought up a really good book called Ishmael. The fire, the follow-up to it is a book called the story of being in both books. There's a law of competition. Okay. It says you're allowed what, like what would be good for, or what humans and are designed to do in terms of their place on the planet. You're allowed to compete for food and for resources, but not to the point that you exterminate another species and not to a point that you prevent them. Probably. doesn't. No, right. to ta- I mean, listen, the is to think about other things and take take it to a whole different level. Right. right. I'm all for it. Listen, if it allows us to maintain harmony with the earth, That's not I'm all for it. No, I mean, then it's it not, ultimately not becomes, it becomes, exactly the, it becomes the toll brute, the... Um, the toll booth operator argument, though, mm, very quickly, mm. right? Because the amount of work canceled by <clears throat> eliminating farming <clears throat> will probably be offset by more optimized factory production, which will involve less people. Right. So there will always be people against it because the net job growth is a loss of 75%. Right. Right. But at a certain point, as a human race, like the toll booth, you're like, all right, you guys can get two lanes. Right. So the way I feel about it is that there would be no there would no longer be big business farming, but individual families would still make 
that meat and you would still occasionally go to restaurants that are like this is actually the real meat and then at that point it would become what it was before uh. right which is that oh i'm out at a farm so i'm eating fresh chicken I think it would it would balance it would balance, but it would be it would be uh, met with a lot of opposition. Right. Well, that's it's also an interesting point to have this discussion about food as opposed to industry, because one of the other things in these books that I've been reading is that the guy makes the point, look, you can hand out contraceptives all you want. The only thing that will dictate population and then therefore like the amount of jobs and workforce and stuff like that is the amount of available food. As food, as the availability of food increases, so will the population increase. If you stabilize food uh, manufacturing or whatever you want to call it, the population will then stabilize. It won't just start dying off. Like you won't have famine and stuff like that. So I think of all the industries, agriculture is the one where, you know, it'd be real interesting to see, you know, if, if because those people's skills in terms of being able to grow stuff for the sake of feeding people, if you could put that towards, all right, let's say if we could, I don't know, like grow, grow back that continental ice shelf. I mean, I know that's sort of a leap in logic, but like if yeah, you're, if you're, yeah. if your your fundamental skill set is how do I make, uh, or, you know, the appearance of this being something out of nothing. Like I plant something in the ground and then water and tend to it. And then something grows out of it. I combine a couple of different things. If you could put that skill set into repairing the earth, then I think those people would have jobs. I think the main problem is there's too many fucking people. And it's crazy that like there, there are too many people and then there's more than enough food. And then there's people starving because they don't have <laughs> access to the more than enough food. It's just, All right, the, 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 I don't know. Let's say like, overwhelming what this planet can support five so 15 i think we'll be at 15 we might not all see it but we'll be at 15 because it's a crowded insane. bar mentality the growth Until rate is out 1. of space one one percent per year one percent per year so that means it would take rule of 72 so you divide is... the percentage by you divide 72 by the percentage and that's how long it takes to double the, the global population so even, has even grown... at a one percent okay, it'll double in 72 years hold from up, today. Hold up. The global population has grown from 1 billion people in, in 1800 to 7 billion in 2012. That's incredible. Like that, you can't, that's not sustainable to continue on that path. It's expected I... to keep growing and estimates have put the total population at 8.4 billion by mid 2030 and 9.6 billion by 2050. It's not sustainable, dog. And my point with it is that... <laughs> So if you took the if you took the food population, bad like, news sees. <laughs> it's not sustainable, dog. <laughs> it's not. Can that be the episode title? Fox, it's not sustainable, it's not sustainable dog. dog is pretty funny. And now Fox dog. News uh, con <laughs> population consultant sees Mike's. It's not sustainable. <laughs> dog. All, get your Nick, Nicholas, now. Nicholas Mike. Nicholas Mike's will talk to us about this. It's not sustainable, dog. Grease all over my foot. I, I will. I'll say this. I'm like, look. I got good news. I got bad news. Mm. The bad news is we're all going to die from overpopulation. The good news, throw an onion on that BLT. Really spice it up. Yeah. It's called a bolt. Holy, holy fuck, did, how did I miss this? Okay. Bacon, onion, lettuce, tomato. I'll take a, a bolt. bolt. Wow. Please. Holy shit. I'll take a bolt. Right, yo, we got to write this down. I think we could make this into, this could be how Chrome Bills pops off. 30 years from now, when we're sitting at Peter Luger's at the Chrome Bills table, they'd be like, what? how the fuck did you guys start out? Were you making sandwiches? No, we were a podcast. A what? <laughs> uh, where can people get t-shirts? 
Please tell all right, me. So, all right. So listen, <laughs> I, I feel like one of the things that we are very good at mm. is interacting with our audience. You can find us, although for, for it seems like for a limited time now on SoundCloud, because you saw what happened where they're like, we only have money for 50 more days. So we got we, we got to talk about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag yeah. that for later. So we, yeah, we, yeah, we basically uh, we're coming so back. We're, to that. we're, we're coming back. To we're that. funding somebody's boat payment right now. <laughs> Chrome Bill is available on iTunes and SoundCloud for now. Right. So, but we're also, so on there, those are the listening platforms. Okay. We're also on Instagram. I feel like we've really been ramping up the Instagram game, you know, with, you know, putting up posts and all kinds of stuff. The cupcakes from Chuck's show, they're going to, the Chuck cakes, as I like to call them, are going to be up there from the Abbott Gamble show. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We're all individually on there. Message us, message us. The, the, the shirts are $25 plus shipping and handling. So if you, if you send $25 via PayPal to chromebills at gmail.com and a dick pic, then $25 gets you the shirt and covers shipping and handling. I'll tell you what, what I've been doing, because I've been mailing out the shirts, is somebody I know for like Moses Rockville. I'm sorry, Moses, <laughs> Moses Rockville. <laughs> Joe from Rockville? Wait, that's a Chromebills fan, right? Moses, I'm sorry. All three of us have big ties to Rockville, so it was on my mind. Moses Rockwell bought or we get, we're sending him a shirt. I was like, yo, you don't have a copy with, let me throw a copy in there. I got a bunch of CDs. Like if I know the person ordering the shirt, hmm. when they order it, if they have something, they don't have, they're missing something from my discography. I'm just throwing shit in there. You wow. might get like a, you might get a rusty spoon. I'm just going upstairs in the kitchen. Take you. My wife might show up at your Does house. Andrew Bobrowski have a copy of with already. Uh, so I actually, Ooh, you know what I didn't think about is that depending on, who you ask, we could de- decide what the surprise gift is. Because if uh, someone orders a shirt from me, very true. they very might true. get a resonation 12-inch from back in the day. Ooh. 10-year-old vinyl. Listen, check, three check songs. it out. So on, on Instagram, you can go to Chrome Bills, send a message. You got K Chromie on uh, Instagram. You got Steve. It's Steve underscore Jarek, right? I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, why did you change your name? I don't know. Okay. He wanted it to be Mr. Jarek. I'm Mr. a dad Jack. now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. a dad. I understand. I understand. I understand. He can be a dad with Spoonie 79. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Twitter, too. Just direct message us if you're interested for details. But if you just want to go the direct route, yeah. I don't feel like putting up a link or a click-through into that shit. PayPal 25 bucks to Chromebills at gmail.com. Be sure to include the size that you want and the address that we're sending it to. And then you're good to go. We're running low oh. on XLs at this point, right? Is that the correct statement? I don't know. Already off the top, I have a couple though. Off I have the a couple. off the rip. The we blue gotta, shirt. I will say this: I love the red Chrome Bill shirt. Hmm. Is the blue but after after rocking the blue? Oh, the I'm blue's like, where it's at, huh? Should have started with the blue. Right, we're gonna sell out uh, you, pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get white ones too. You got to collect them all. Actually, you know what? That would be you know what would be a dope idea for mm. next July Fourth. What if we did a red, white, and blue one? Sale, like oh. a a, bl- a blue shirt with red and white sleeves, maybe. And then die cream, die cream on top. Die cream on top of it. Only built for Cuban drinks. By the um, way, if if these keep moving, I will create a black chrome bill shirt too, because most of my shirts are black. Okay, so we were talking about too about bad service. So I went to the post office today, right? I for some reason I've always been. I feel like the post office, the one that I go to typically, the workers are really good, and post office people have been getting shit on, like, you know, fired left and right, like cut out. Shot. Because, so. Shot, yeah, there's that too. 
So I always fill out the survey. I went to a different place today, and like I go there maybe ten percent of the time because I do a lot of mailings. The fucking person like comes out from the back, like never makes eye contact, never says hello. Mm. Just like, do you, you want to send this first class? Is there anything fragile? Like at the end of at the end of the transaction, doesn't say thank you, just hands me their seat, and then circles at the bottom. She's like, "There's a survey here." Yeah, I had the same experience. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, what?" I almost wanted to be like, "Yo." I can fill this out or I'll just tell you now, like, wh- what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, smile, say hello, or just don't tell me about the survey. Dog, I went into a place that I'm the only person in the fucking post office. I walk up to the counter and the guy's like, the line's back there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> so, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding damn. me? So I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't see it. And then he's like, Next time you come in here, like that's where the line is. I was like, all and right. there was nobody there. I was, and so I said to him, I was like, I just, I just want to ship this C- CD out or whatever. Right. And at the end, he's like, here's this, here's this thing. If take a survey, I was like, fuck you, I'm not taking a survey. Right. You jerk. I, I mean, how, how can you? I don't know. I don't know how you could think of it. Like, think that that's something that you're gonna do, and that's okay. I will I take it. the survey. Right. Sure, it's just part of the fucking job description. Yeah. I got hit with one the other day. I went in. I decided. You I'm took gonna, the survey. Oh, no. I'm going to deposit this check by hand. I'm not going to go to the ATM. Oh. I deposit this check by hand, right? I'm right by the bank. Let me go old school with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Cool G Rap. I yep. like being right. McCain. Right. I'm going to fucking do this shit by hand at Citibank. I got this. <laughs> so I go in. I do it. Uh, it's in the middle of the workday. So, of course, I look down. Check my phone. Like, oh, the new email in the personal account. Nice. It is phrased like it's from the woman who I had two sentences of exchange with no. in the bank. And it says, this is Carolyn. We would just like you to rate on a scale of one to five how your exchange with Citibank was today. What? In my email, like fucking walking down the stairs, right? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Get you quick. But so it, that's, a, that's one of the things that always blows my mind. And I, I know the last time I was up there, I said it after I was blackout drug maybe 50 times. And I think I said it a couple of times this time. Every time I walk around Manhattan or anywhere in New York City or anywhere where the population, like I've been in London before where the population is just, I'm just like, it, it blows my mind that this shit works. Yeah. Like it just, so I wonder if Chuck, where you are, you're like, dude, if we give this guy 10 minutes, he's going to like, we'll send this survey out and he'll be like, what, what the fuck are you talking? I don't remember that. Like, it's just so busy where I am. Do you think that they try to catch you? There's an immediacy effect that they try to catch you on. That's, that's probably true. I think it's a, I think it, things have gotten so corporate. You're probably just one of the dick. I think it's, <laughs> that's, that's always true. That's always true. <laughs> the dill. I feel like it's so corporate that, that you don't, you don't get that personal interaction happening that frequently. Right, right. <laughs> like, so, like, we only have so many opportunities to like have some paperwork for our review next year that we right. better send it out like immediately. <laughs> they based their whole like like Citibank one hundred percent customer we satisfaction. Yo, speaking of, I swear to God, I I was riding in an Uber. It was a random like short Uber. This dude was late as fuck picking me up. I live in a neighborhood that has a lot of one-way streets. I saw him make like every mistake that every driver has ever made <laughs> by just trying to get to the dot. It's like, no, no, just follow like Google Maps or Waze. They'll tell you, you gotta, you know, you gotta go out and around, right? <laughs> you gotta go out and around. This dude picks me up. It was actually on the day of the Mercury Lounge show. Drives me to the show. I'm getting out. I go, hey, have a good day, man. 
He goes, and I quote, you got a five. Really? <laughs> wow. I was like, what did this dude say? So I'm like, I don't, I don't really give a fuck. I got my bag. I shut the door. Like, what the fuck did he say? So I'm like walking and like on probably ironically, probably the fifth step. It hits me. He says, you got a five. Like, are we are we horse trading? <laughs> Uber rating? Right. And then I just laugh thinking about the Aziz Ansari uh, sketch on SNL where like the two guys are hurting for good Uber ratings. They just want to get their score back up. <laughs> I don't and think I've like seen him, that one. Oh, him and the driver end up like giving each other massages. At one point, Aziz is like, I'll drive. <laughs> All right, so I got I got a similar story in terms of not quite knowing how uh, either to interpret someone's social cue or like how one might be taken. So I was coming up the stairs uh, where I work, like coming from the parking lot. There's it's just enough stairs where I'm like I'm too fucking young to to take the elevator from here. But like with my back and like the way that my, the rest of my body's kind of fucked up and like I had a bag like over my shoulder, I was like. By the second flight of these four flights of stairs, I'm like, this, it, it's it's going to be pretty soon that I need to start taking the elevator. I'm walking up, and I see, like, a, a really pretty young chick, right? Yeah. <laughs> and who I, like, I kind of know, and I thought she heard me being like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> so I say to her, like, just sort of offhandedly, I was like, oh, don't get old. <laughs> so she sort of gives me this look. She's like, you're not old. Well, no, like, I. And she sort of looked at me like she didn't She's know like, how to take it. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> but it was so quick, and I was like, I was thinking, of course, the way my mind works, I was like, she's gonna get home and be like, this motherfucker was basically like said some sexist ass shit. Where it's like, you're gonna have no value to anyone. <laughs> uh, like, I was like, yo, so oh, I, I love this. She's thinking that <laughs> she's thinking you're thinking she's her. reacting to you going, Ugh. right, right, <laughs> right, grunting, going up. She's probably like on her phone has has no idea what no you've been idea. doing, yeah. and you drop her with the gem. Don't right. get old. Don't, Don't get, get old. old. <laughs> Basically saying the way she took me is like, this motherfucker said I'm not going to be worth shit. I think right. he just told me I need to get married. Right, like, right, right. She went home and had an existential crisis off because I couldn't get up a flight of stairs. <laughs> Yo, you could just be a terrorist. Like running around. You could be a social terrorist if we just taped you going around in various <laughs> locations and going out to people and being like, but you have to you have to give like an right. astonished look before too, which you probably did. You were tired. Right. Go. Man, don't get old. <laughs> right, right. Just arbitrarily to random people. Yeah. But it's those kind of things. You know, I feel like one of the reasons that kind of thing, like, it like could become a bigger issue than it is or, like, the Uber thing. I mean, it's the, the amount of very little actual interaction right. that human beings have with each other. Like, I think if, like, I wasn't – I didn't spend half of my fucking life, like, my face buried in a computer screen at work or on my phone, I would know, like – you know, you don't just say like anything to anybody. Like whatever pops into your head, you don't just say it because you, you can't. Do, you can't delete that tweet. Do you guys you know talk I mean? to cashiers? Like, do uh, you, you know, ask them how they're doing? I know who does. <laughs> My man, Steve Bill. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's. I want to. I want to drill down on this one to borrow a phrase from Adam Carolla. Okay. All right. So. When I go when I go to when I go Safe when I go way. to work, I show a, a, my badge to a security guard. There are guards there that won't shut the fuck up who I literally will just I like I won't even make eye contact like Fine. because I'm like, yo, I don't need I've interacted with you enough times to know if you say how am I doing and I return the favor. I'm like I'm trying to get into work. I don't have yeah. the 120 seconds to spend on this shit. Right. There are the guards that like they know the deal. Good morning. Enjoy your day. You too. Enjoy your day. Stay cool out here. I know it's hot. 
three second interaction. When I go to fucking Trader Joe's, Jesus Christ, it's like they're trying to read me their fucking thesis papers. Yeah, they they're a little extra at Trader Joe's. But it has to be they have to be instructed to do so, right? I mean, it's not a coincidence that they all do it. That's a good question. You guys got anything planned this weekend? What's your address? They do say they they are still yeah. Like you go to Trader Joe's and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, those are really good." You're like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. we're going to be here for at least like now that like everything's automated, like, but this, this interaction is still going to go on long they enough. Talk about your, like, they talk about your stuff though. At Trader yeah, Joe's. Don't talk about my stuff. Don't talk about my stuff. Talk I'm taking these tomato stuff. slices and putting them on my nipples. Like, I don't want you to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Or if that's what you do, tell me about I'm it. I'm making an LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got any guacamole? <laughs> that's a good name. That's a good I will thought. say this. One thing I've learned, so I think living in New York is an interesting thing because you have so many interactions and so much of that moment is like condensed. Yeah. Kill the question with a statement, right? Wow. My oh. doorman says, how you doing? I say, great, man. It's good to see you. Nice shirt. Right. Wow. No, I don't even, not even a nice shirt. I mean, if the shirt's not nice, this. if the shirt's nice, I'll let him know. But I say, I'm good, man. Good to see you. Nice to see right. you. Not like right. how, how are Same you Same sentiment. Arguably better sentiment. Better sentiment. Mm. No question. Chuck just kinda that was that's one for that's one for the ages right there. I wrote it down while we were talking because I was like, I gotta drop this on him. Right, Did you uh, just come I'm up gonna, with that? Chuck, I'm gonna No, it's I do it. I do it in my regular life. Like I'm, there's I'm gonna try that when out. You, when you live in New York you have so, like I have a doorman at my building. It changes every four hours, so there's like you know, I, I see I, I know and it cycles with the weekends, I know eight doormen at the building that I live in. I know at least three in my office right right there's other there's probably 10 other people that are that much in you know daily or quasi daily exchange and everyone just uncomfortably says how you doing you you hit it back it's the same sentiment it just is like it kills awkwardness dead inside it's good to see you (laughs) you said dead inside (laughs) it's good to see you how you doing i'm dead inside We should have a dead inside challenge for a week. No. Between that, all right. So between that and don't get old, don't, don't, get, old, don't get old in the dead inside challenge. Oh my the God. dead inside challenge. All right, uh, Chuck. Did you? Let me ask you this: Did someone put you onto that, or you just came up with that on your own? That's that's pretty slick. No, that's that's learned. Man. That's learned definitely. Here's how you add on to that. You say <laughs> the dead inside challenge. No, no. You can ask the question, but say like. So say Joey the doorman says, Hey Steve, how you doing? Say right. good, how are you? Good to see you. You still ask the question, <laughs> but then you follow it up with the good right. to see you to close that you right. know. You open the door and close the door. You open it. Good that's, that's, why, that's, why, why you are you doing? Close the seat. That's rude, though. How that's you doing? Rude. Good to see you. you know what the to. Because the right. how you doing is just a you're just reciprocating. It's like saying I love you. I love you too. See ya. Mm. But that's all right. So, but then you're getting to the level of the of the interaction. Like, Actually, there's a reason. The more I think it, about it, the how you doing is more like a, that's like a, a one tenth of a, I love you. <laughs> all right. So uh, on a scale of I love you being ten, yeah. Let's rate the how you doing. Is it two? What up? What up though? That's a three. How you been? <laughs> And then I need I need what's good. How's your mother? Hey, what's good? What what what's good might be a five. What you hey, do what's this good? Week? Right. I see. I measure everything by like the amount of time I have to commit to it. So it becomes a, a point to me of prioritizing 
my time versus your perception of me. Okay. So if my time and your perception of me are balanced and it's like, enjoy your day, same to you. And that's the end of it. Great. If, if it's, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? And then you start talking. I'm like, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all right. But so like, I ultimately think that the other thing is try there's different like levels of your social interactions. Like if, if you're, if your girl, your wife says to you, like, how are you? Or like, I love you. Uh, like, like I'm good. It's good to see you. <laughs> like try walking away from that. Right. No one, no one said this was a, to be applied in that situation. That's right. what I'm saying. That's... But like you, but you can apply that like to like, like I, I think a doorman or like anybody who like, not all of us have doormen. They don't, they don't need Not to, all, but you know what I mean? Like, outside like of a, New York a, City, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about... Uh, a bank teller. Someone providing you with a service. Yeah, I think and bank, te- there, bank there's teller's situations, good. There's situations where you're providing a service. Anyone who oversteps that, that thing, they then become intrusive. If you're just like, oh, I, I'll tell you, it's been a day. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, this is not the situation to have that conversation right now. I feel you, like your wife tell telling pe- you that? I, sure. Right. Not 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 fucking Timmy at Trader Joe's telling you about the guava juice gave him the runs. I feel like we need to tell more to Timmy at you know at really? Trader Joe's. Why? Just to frighten him from from making small <laughs> talk. I'm gonna. I'll tell you what. If I if I we go to Trader Joe's every Sunday. Okay. I'm my wife's gonna slap the shit out of me. But yeah. if I can if I can do this. I'll, I'll try to record it when the guy's like, you guys got any plans for the weekend? I'm like, no, nah, I'm dead. Sorry. <laughs> God, that would be fantastic. I think I have a hernia, Timmy. By the way, I know, I know both of you guys are, are I comedy killed a fans. Cat. I know both of you guys are comedy fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our fans are. <laughs> you never heard the Gary Goldman stand-up. It's on Netflix. And in particular, the end of it, he has like a 20-minute bit about Trader Joe's. And the relationship that he has with the cashiers. No, no. And how they'll they'll be so nice because he has he has one thing in one hand and he's got to sign something, and they just reach down and they hold the corner of the receipt. Yeah, that it would just uh, like he, it's amazing. That's love. Yeah, go. that's the whole entire standup is great. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, love right there. I think that's that that's the crux of what I'm trying to get at is what is the purpose of this interaction. When you're at Trader Joe's, when it's a bank teller, when it's a doormat, there is some level of service that's being provided. And again, I don't mean that to say that like I walk around like or like get carried around thrown. In my job, I provide a service to someone. The end game is let's get the service provided as thoroughly as possible and let's get it done. You know, let's not rush through things, but let's get it done as quickly as possible. <clears throat> it's different when you're talking to a friend or a significant other, you know, like. The idea of when people start, like, there's this one dude, at, there's this one guard in my office. I'll, I'll, I, every time I walk by the dude, he's telling somebody about his political views. Like, regardless of the fact that you work in, like, a federal building, that's completely inappropriate. Right. The, it, it's so intrusive and rude of you to do that. Of course, if you wanted to talk sports, I would stand there for an hour and a half. Cousins? Right. I don't know, man. Otto Porter? That's probably the big, that's the big joint right now. People are probably, if you need to kill a small talk conversation in DC, Auto Porter is probably a good place to go. So hey, 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 everybody, everybody's got everybody's got three minutes on. Porter. Where did where did he go? I'm sorry, I, he got, I'm out no, of the they, right now. They re-signed him for like I think he's the highest paid player on the team right now. 
in the history of Washington sports. Hey, Wes Unsell, there was times where you played in D.C. and Baltimore and weren't allowed to eat at white restaurants. Remember how bad the Juwan Howard deal was? (laughs) Let me introduce you to to basically Chuck evolved into an NBA. (laughs) My man, my man will hit 50% 50 a clip on a wide open kick out three. Does that sound familiar to anyone you know? Play a little bit of defense too. Did you we'll get a rebound if he doesn't have to jump. He's I'll tell you what. I'm pretty. DC I'm pretty sure I'm player. talking about one of two people. I'll tell you what. If I found out that Otto got a degree in engineering from Georgetown, I'll just leap out the window and never stop running. Right now, <laughs> that would be too weird. Cole, I love that your reaction to that. Much, I just came up with it in my head while I was talking. About yeah. Captain, Captain Midrange. Captain Midrange. And what? So it's funny. So I played. I've, I've played twice since I went up to the New York trip. And there was a couple of people like uh, Rich. I was like, you remember? he's like, what'd you do this week? I was like, you remember Chuck? He's like, I'm, I'm not sure. I was like, Captain Midrange. He's like, oh, you have to do with the headband. <laughs> yes. So what inside. up, Rich? It's, it's so inside. Did I tell you about the time where Rich came? He was, oh, that's right. You, you guys were there. He was at my wedding. And you know how he always wore the different colored shoes? And then he wore different colored shoes to the wedding? <laughs> God, that was oh, that was my wife. Did you did you see that, Chuck? Oh, I think I was sitting in the same row as him. I definitely remember. I was. I remember telling Justin that I was like, "You don't understand." Uh, <laughs> to the left, like this yeah. already made the trip for me. Like this is ridiculous. This right. is old school. Well, it's funny because I was like, like my wife was like, "Who's this guy?" Like he's wearing jeans and like fucking. De-. I was like, "Listen, this guy makes a ton of money. We're gonna get. We're getting a good gift out of this one." I mean, oh. I wanted rich there anyway. You know what I mean? My man used to play ball. He would wear a tie dye shirt. It had like five colors in it, right? Let's say he had bought five pairs of the exact same shoes with just a different color scheme with the white, and then he just did grab bag style. So it'd be like it, it didn't even go week to week. It'd be like blue and orange the next week, you know, red and white <laughs> next week, purple yeah. and blues back again. Yeah, but this time blues on the left. Like it was just you could just tell he had a pile of ten, and he went grab bag style, and he would hit some covers. What, that was the other like his game is nice, but here's the other thing. I always like I want to project something artistic and like I'm like what does this what does this mean about your interpretation of the universe? And when I ask him about, it, he's like I just I just think it looks cool. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I don't know. I love Rich, man. What he really means though is style. Like when you think of right different everything media wise style. It's just yeah, I got style. Speaking of, uh, we got a new member of different. We actually have the uh, the post time. How do you? Is it post-hominous? Post-hominous? Posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous. Wait, if I may say post... Post-hominous. 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 Post-anonymous. I love it. There's probably a word that we both do that incorrectly like that, so... Posthumous different styles member. Sean Pricer. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you no. guys seen before we go into some music? Because oh, I need boy. a quick break. Oh, boy. Have you guys seen? I think the, it's about time to wrap it up. The what, Helter you... Skelter freestyle that I sent you guys. Oh, oh that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Sean Price killing it. Radio. Actually, you got to give it up to Rock too. He Definitely. kills Absolutely. it on that joint. Definitely. Yeah. The 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 moment where it all happens. The Jake One beat for the truth, which is the song which originally has Brother Ali and Freeway on it, and it's a banger. Like it's a fucking banger. It is one of those times where I, I'm not I, I don't think that Sean Price is actually freestyling. I think he's sort of like 
he has a verse and then he he freestyles a little bit and he goes into another verse but they're not verses on anything else so it's like a new york freestyle but what that beat brings out of everything he says i'm like yo right hip-hop at its fucking finest i know we've had this this discussion too about uh duos and like one being better than the other i'm gonna throw this at you helter skelter is the only group where I, i think it's you could say Sean Price is the more interesting of the two. I, I mean, for my for my money, I think he's probably the better. Actually, I think Rock might be the better like overall MC just because like he had like a bunch of different styles that he could throw at you. But Sean Price was always the one that like I always wanted to gravitate towards more and listen to. And like I'd listen to a solo record of Sean Price before I listened to a rock uh, solo album. But he's the one who was was the best of like uh, of the B in the duos. Like he's better than Elder Sensei. He's better than Fife. Although I guess I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Who's better between Fife and Q-Tip? Oof. Q-Tip. Okay, yeah, I agree. But you see what I'm saying? Like I feel like Rock. Like of all the duos, where one dude is is considered better than the other, Rock is the best of those. I would I would actually argue that I think for Helter Skelter, it might be the only group for me where it's ever changed. Because I think that wow, okay. when, when yes. Nocturnal dropped, yeah, I would argue that like score on my face, but I'm not Al Pacino. Like some right. of the just like rock was so ridiculous. And Sean Price, you know, while being incredibly fucking dope on that record, also sort of changed his style. Like his voice got heavier. There yeah. were a lot more pauses. It was a lot. It was like he he had this crazy thing where he never stopped talking and he was rhyming multisyllabic. He then went to a realm where he was still as multisyllabic, but he it was like it was like hard pauses and occasionally adding another syllable, and it was like and it, for some reason his pronunciation just like it got that much more potent. I would actually say post nocturnal, rock better MC. From then on, rock slash Sean Price. Good pull. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny. So I think Des is the one who told me this, or pointed uh, an article out to me that said this. Sean Price, like the style that he ended up having. He he started out sort of making fun or like oh, it's doing, on the uh, it's on the open mic eagle podcast. The, oh, that's it's the, yeah, it's that's the right. Razzcast interview, yeah, right. Where he's like, yo, I was like, I was making fun of what I interpreted other people doing, and then like it just felt like the most comfortable thing to, for me to do. So then that's what I began doing was you know like he kept elevating that or whatever, but like the, just the shit talking, and that's why like it's funny because i felt like he would say something and i would like the, whatever phrase like i would just fucking laugh my ass off because i knew like the sort of tongue-in-cheek direction he was coming from but like if i heard like fabulous say it or something like that like ah whatever you know like you you, you take yourself too seriously to say that line and have it be funny and i'm dead inside <laughs> <laughs> timmy it's funny like like as we do the episodes i start taking notes and everything and so I actually like I was like I, I, this this thread that I've got going with uh, that's going to end with fabulous is going nowhere. Let me look at the first thing I see on the notes and it said dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's play a song and then let's come back. Hit them quick because I want to talk about the new Jay-Z album. I want to talk about Defiant. I want to talk about SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about uh, the Doppelgangers yeah, so I think, album. And the Doppelgangers album. So I think we got four things. John Wayne. Get in and out. And John Wayne. Shit. We got to put that on there. That John Wayne. We can do these in any order. Okay. But let's uh let's keep it moving. It's it's a good night. Chrome Bills one twenty seven. Rolling very smooth. I was always anti doing the one and only song. Steve Bills hit us. So this is kind of a cover oh, of nice. a mashup. Mm-hmm. 
we created. This is Pixies meets the Ghetto Boys. Where is my mind? Playing tricks on me. At night I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark vision. The body's being burned. Four walls just staring at her. I'm paranoid, stupid. Got my finger on the trigger. My mother's always stressing I ain't living right. But I ain't going out without a fight. See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating. Blood starts summing out my nose. There's somebody watching me yet. But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back. And I can see him when I'm deep in the covers. When I'm awake, I don't see that motherfucker. He wears a black hat like I own. A black suit and a cane like my own. Some might say, take a chill beat. But fuck that shit. There's somebody trying to kill me. I'm pumping on my chest when the wind blows every 20 seconds. Looking out my windows. Checking at the wall for cracks. Checking the telephone for taps. I'm staring at the woman on the corner. It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you. When your mind's playing tricks on you Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you This year Halloween fell on a weekend Me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating Robbing little kids for bags Till an old man got behind our ass So we speeded up the pace and took a look back And he was right before our face He'd be in for a squabble, no doubt So I swung and hit the brother in his mouth He was going down, we planned But this wasn't no ordinary man He stood about six or seven feet Now that's the brother I've been seeing in my sleep So we triple teamed on him, three of us Dropping them motherfucking bees on him The more I swung, the more blood flew Then he disappeared, my boys disappeared too and I felt just like a fiend It wasn't even close to Halloween It was dark as fuck on the street And my hands were all bloody From punching on the concrete Goddamn, homie My mind is playing tricks on me It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you Shout out Camillo from Astoria Soundworks. That's, That's my man. That he engineered, mixed, and mastered that song. Off of your guys' and live performance? 
No, that was uh, we did it. We did it live in one take in the studio. Gotcha. And my man, like, it was cool because I was talking at the beginning and he dropped out the beginning where, like, the whole thing I was talking about, he's like, no, it should sound like this and drop right into it. And then that riff is just so perfect. Like, I, I, I the, the part of the beginning of the song is so true. As, as being in a band, bands do covers all the time. They'll fucking show up and do Sinead O'Connor or, like, you know, just like it's totally normal. Tom Petty songs, like, it's totally normal. I was always weird about it. And Ben then was like, you should write something original to this Pixies beat. And I was like, ah, oh, fucking, even that feels weird. I don't want to fucking write like a, right. a new song to this Pixies beat. And I was on shuffle on my phone of all these like 90 songs that I put together. Like the morning after Ben had made that beat at my house and played it. And it, like I heard mine playing tricks on me. And I was like, yo, this might actually be fucking dope. It, uh, it works really well. What what uh maybe I am I sleeping on the Pixies? Jesus. Have you never heard that song? No. It's the uh never, so in never heard of it. In, in oh, are you serious? <laughs> in Fight Club. Okay. In Fight Club uh when I guess it's Ed Norton realizes it's like right around the time where he realizes he's Brad Pitt. Okay. That's the song. It's and it has the same chorus, the where is my mind. Okay. I'll go back. I need to dig. I need to do some digging, man. I really uh, like that. Thank right, you, so I, I got two questions. Mm. How what uh how was your day? <laughs> no. Is the title Where is my mind's playing tricks on me? Yes. Okay. Um this other part's not a question, it's a statement. When you did so when you told me about it, I was like god that's it. like that's just one of those I'd be really surprised if given the right avenues this song doesn't catch on. Mm. And I say that because like it's such a it's such a natural pairing. It's one of those like art meets life kind of things where there's a lot of pop sensibility to it. It's very artistically uh, there's a lot of merit to it. Um, when you told me about it, I was like, "Holy shit, that's a good idea." When you did it live, like seeing it live, it, it's a whole nother thing. You know what I mean? Thank like you. Even, even hearing it there, like like the studio version of it is great, but seeing it live, particularly. I bet if you guys did like a hundred shows and then you polled everybody after the show, like 99% of them would be like a year later, like, Oh, those are the dudes that did the, my, where's my mind playing tricks on me. Mm. song. If someone was like, uh, what's the, what's the difference between that song and the other songs you did live? I'd be like, it was the only song where I was high-fiving strangers in the front row. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it was dope. It was really dope. All right, so let's dive in. We got we got a heavy, heavy backlog for the heavy end of second the show. half. We do it for the second half of the show. Has has everyone listened to the new Jay Z? Yes, indeed. Thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, I think you um, hooked it up with the linkage. Dropbox. Shout out to Bart Lamont. I was very close to buying this album, though. Hashtag friend of the show. Very close to buying it. I I mean, right off the break, production. Uh, I love No ID. Right, so right. realizing that No Idea had done the whole record. Now I know that No Idea had done like a whole Common record, and maybe I didn't love that, but like I still I think Common's a great rapper. But like this is J fucking C. Right. Very very excited at first listen. I mean, I feel like we're doing now like a three week later recap. We're a little late on it, but that's at okay. First at first listen, whole thing fire. Can't wait to listen to it again. Right. Like right off the break. 
Seize? Wait, so, so, I'm sorry. If I understood what you got, you're saying right off the jump you were really into it? Yeah, right away, really into it. I think that now I've now I can make an argument about individual songs in their place, but right away I'm like, all right, there was first listen. There's nothing I couldn't wait to the, get to the end of. I want to hear this entire album again. I feel like that rolls. If if you're if I'm 40 listens in now, yeah, I've started to pare it down to individual songs. But I want to I want to capture that first weekend, that July 4th weekend when it dropped. I feel like Magna Carter dropped on a July 4th weekend too. Like it did. Jay, it did. He knows. He knows. He's like, let me put this out. I had a five-day weekend. I got the J on the first day. Now, do you think that's because he's saying, all right, I'm going to catch people in in party environments, and they're going to be like, I'll throw something on while we do our social activities? <laughs> I recall like, Chuck like and I, 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 I actually mean, forward, I mean uh, exactly that. I mean exactly that. Right. Yeah, no, it's smart. But so it's funny because Tom Ford. I, <laughs> I'll pop. Yes, exactly. Tom Ford, Lake Gaston. <laughs> I feel like I had the opposite response to it. At first, I was a little... I always, I always, he's just so talented, and I always look at it from the standpoint. If I didn't understand English, like how would I think of the MC and just like the the rhythms and everything that they're doing? I think he's so talented, and I remember saying this about Eminem. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not always so what into what he's saying or how loud Steve's playing it. But, <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> Uh, I feel like, you know, like 30 of his best verses is worth, you know, when people are actually buying music, 10 bucks. And now, like, my attention dollars, like, it's worth spending on that. As I've listened to it more, I've gotten more and more into it. But the one thing that I feel like this album really, the, uh, what's the stone that people use to, like, hold up a structure? The touchstone? Is that what it's called? Headstone. Heads. Well, no, that's, like, for a grave, right? I know. What is it? That's a tombstone. <laughs> what is the that's stone is the way of the walk i feel like i'm closer i'm like taking the, close to a headstone the keystone keystone there there, right. there you go the keystone to this 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 uh, album is 444 444 whatever it is he's like oh like you know i i had to grow up and learn not to cheat on the most beautiful woman you know arguably ever <laughs> Like when I when I first heard or like the line where he's like you know all the stillborns your body wouldn't respond because I wasn't I'm like hey, shut the fuck up like I the idea that you are gonna try like try and pass off you know being open about cheating on Beyonce as like a sign of maturity or as something you know like you know one of my favorite artists like Slug you know like he he built the early part of his career like with the emotional turmoil of like Lucy breaking up with him. I, I felt I was like, all right, like being open and honest about that. That's something that I've actually heard people be like, you know, I was glad somebody made about a, a song about that. I've been dumped and not many rap songs deal with that. Like it was it was good. For, it was cathartic for me to hear someone's you know career be started by that. Right. Who who the fuck is listening to Jay-Z uh, apologize for cheating on Beyonce and being like, yeah, <laughs> really speaks to my experience. <laughs> so that that kind of that kind of threw me for a loop. But then once I started and I think I kind of did what you did, uh, Chuck eventually with it was I put that song either, you know, on the back burner or in its context. Yeah. I mean, the story of OJ, like that beat alone. That, that's my oh. number one. That's my number yeah. one on the album right now. And the video is fucking amazing too. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. <laughs> story of OJ. I actually really like the four, four, four song just cause I think it's, uh, you know, like I, I appreciate what you're saying about Slug and like comparing like Slug to getting open about certain things to Jay Z doing it is just is just exactly that. Like it's Jay Z doing it. So I I thought of four 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 as you know True. in a nice like three minute 
moment capturing everything I loved about the Nas album, Life is Good, right? Yeah. Like, cause yeah. like it, it had that feel and I was like, all right, I haven't seen you in this place. And by the way, like you, he's doing it in a way where if that shit plays at the bar, no one's like, this is the, this is the Jay-Z song about Beyonce. Like, it's just, it's a banger. The beat is so fucking hot. And right. I'll, I'll go back to what No ID said was he was like, I knew he wanted to make this song. So I made this beat. I think it was in a Rolling Stone article. So I made this beat and then he came over the morning of after he had written it and recorded it. And I wanted to go walk on a, uh, go on a walk with my wife and hold her hand mm. is what he said. Okay. And I'm like, he, he caught it. Right. So the, the depth of music also doesn't have to be a comparison. Right. So like, I think that just for him, it, it's things that other artists even outside of hip hop have done. But for him, it was a nice, it, it, when you think about the Jay-Z catalog, it was a great song to have exist, especially when there had to be some response to Lemonade. And it wasn't a one-bar throwaway. Right. It was like a song, I'm going to do this. I, I respect the fuck out of it. Yeah, this whole album has to be viewed in the context of this is Jay-Z making this record. You know? If, if another artist made a record like this, if Brother Ali made this record, like it's like, okay... He always makes this kind of record, right? But it's Jay Z. Ha- everybody appreciates the reach that Jay has. No, I I one hundred percent agree. I think that him doing this is also a, a great move for obviously his career artistically, but just what the hip hop that we're hoping that we hear, right? See, even if even if I don't love the most recent j cole album i still want people to be making rap like that sure when no one figures out how to sell enough steaks being made in petri dishes and humans do overrun the earth at yeah. some point the history book's going to be written like who are the best five rappers right before the world explodes and jay-z is going to be in that top five but the problem i have with this record it's you know to me his weakness in terms of not this record that particular song his weakness is also his greatest strength. As he's talking in that that song, it's like, oh, like somehow you kind of feel sorry for him, but at the same time, like it just it just makes him stronger. Yeah, he, he's like one of those people who did something wrong. Yeah. Right? There, I mean, there's no debating that. Yes. He did something wrong. And then because you're like, oh, he was so open, like he did somehow gets something out of out of being open about doing something wrong, which I think is ridiculous. The problem I have with him getting so much credit as a writer is the take and the angle that he has on the song. It's it's fucking nothing original. I wish he had he the angle I'd like him to see him take on this would be like, look, here's how this is how this is how men are wired. It doesn't matter if you're fucking Beyonce or some like fucking hood rat from like down the block. (laughs) A dude's dick is doing the thinking for him. But I I will argue this that. Every every point that you make about the song being something that had been done before is completely not even that. No, no, I, but hear me out. It's completely covered by the line where he says, I can't believe it took me so long to do the song. Uh, like I should have actually done this fifteen years ago. You know, like he's like, I got oh, holy shit, I have to let me start at square one. Like let me enter that. True, but I still I, the the point that I have the issue that I have with the song is all right. So like let's say like with Kanye West when he wrote Through the Wire, right? At the end of it, like all Rhyme he really, okay, when Rhyme, when Rhyme Fest, Fest, right, when Rhyme Fest, Fest wrote, wrote through, through the Wire, 
And he was like, Kanye, what what did you take out of your experience of you running over somebody and you getting your wire trap, your your wire, your jaw wired shut, your wa- your wire jaw shut? <laughs> we, got, we got your wire trapped. We got your wire trapped. What you going to do? You start mixing Tito's and Corona, you're going to get some crazy theories. But so like my whole issue with uh, my buddy Reggie one time pointed out this out. He was like, hey, hey, Kanye. You fucking asshole. You ran somebody over. Like, mention that in the song, like, beyond the fact that, like, right. you're running somebody over and ending up in the hospital and ended up with your jaw wired shut, like, give you a new perspective on life. There's right. more than one person involved in this thing. That's how, like, the, the thing with JC, you know, on this particular thing where he's like, you know, oh, like, you had a, you had a, you had a three way with somebody, but I'm your soulmate. Like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? It's so it's so narcissistic and so self-centered to the point that the larger lesson that could have been learned out of his experience with this yeah. is completely subjugated to his need to make it into a pop song yes. for, that, that benefits him. Now, I mean, that's I, I kind of disagree he, with that because I only okay. feel like the pop song, the the charm of the pop song is his, him being like, don't do this. Like, can you like, oh, my God, I fucked this up. The same way that a lot of other songs are extrapolated as lessons, even parts of Story of OJ, where he's like, I could have, you know, he's like, stop fighting over the neighborhood your mom rents in. Like, right. I could I could have bought this for two million. Now it's four million. Now, like, like Dumbo. There, yeah, exactly. There were people that interpreted incorrectly that song as bragging. Right. It's not at all. It's talking about strategy. So <laughs> I did. I did get a kick. I'm sorry. But there, there's a guy on Twitter. Uh, I got. I think his name's Fleetwood Deville. He's homies with Artemis. Uh, I've interacted with him a bunch of times in person. He, he's really funny on Twitter, and he said something. He's like, "Like you're really gonna make a big deal out of uh, Jay Z's like the biggest lesson you're taking from that song is like have good credit. <laughs> like you didn't need Jay Z <laughs> to tell you that. Like that's that's kind of stupid. I, I will say this too. One of the funniest memes I've ever seen. Is that he announced he was playing at Barclays and like right away all the tickets were like three hundred dollars, and it right yeah on started, credit cards. Yeah, people were posting memes that said, "You know what's better than seeing Jay Z for three hundred dollars? Credit." Right, 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 right. And I, you know, it, it's funny because all right, so you know, like as a white dude who came from like one of the richest counties in America, you know, on the planet, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to ignore the fact that Speaking the audience that Jay Z speaking to might not be aware that like your credit score I like I didn't realize that like when you pay off a credit card you shouldn't close it. I felt you like that song like, was directed at other rappers to be honest. I felt like it was But even them like the con- you know like the background that they came from it might not have been one in which like they, somebody sat down and was like here's what goes into your credit score. Here's why it's important to have a credit card. Here's why it's better to have a mortgage than like a, a lease. You know like I, you know so I, I get all of that. I still can't get over the fact that he's just like, I cheated Beyonce on Beyonce. Like, learn from it. Like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Right. All right. All right. So let's do this. So let's get past the specific song 444. And I want to ask a question that I think might stump you guys because it stumped the fuck out of me when someone asked go. it. Here we go. Stomp them. Shout out Stumpy to Ang- Shout out to Sizzle Neck, Angry Ben. Nice shirt. Is Damn a better album than 444? Yes. yes. At this, I mean, a twenty, however old Kendrick is now, Jay Z at that age was gonna make a better album than uh, like Big Daddy Kane. Like that, that's just raps a young man's game. Dude, the for energy, sure. the energy level on on Damn is ten times 
what it is on 444. So, so how would you compare the two albums then? It's it's that unanimous. Like right away you guys said, yeah. There's a reason that uh Jade like the highlight of the of 444 is the story of OJ, like a, a fairly sleepy delivery, and then the highlight of of Damn is DNA. You know what I mean? Like that a hype Steve, ass Steve had a look like maybe what is the highlight of D- of uh Damn? Yeah, What's the best song on Damn? Who I really like Element and Okay. I don't know. Right now it's Element. DNA is the if, shit though. If I'm right, correct, what are, what are, what are, what, actually let's do it this way. What are the three best songs on each record? Let's start with Damn. So I think DNA is a unanimous. I've been throw Element in there too. Well, let me ask you this too. Duckworth is Duckworth the third best song? I'm I'm I like I like Be Humble. I mean I'm not. I know we initially were talking that that maybe wasn't wasn't it, but I I think that's a dope record. I, I, it's gonna negate the point that I was just making about like a, the hype. I, yeah, is my favorite song on on Damn. Oh yeah, that's the shit for sure. If I'm correct, uh, DNA is the only song that has no because the other one had uh, a video first. Uh, Be humble. But have you seen the video for DNA with him and Don Cheadle? Oh, it's amazing. Right, like there's so much energy to it. Whereas, like, I don't think I think as an older person and artist, Jay Z's like, yo, like me jumping around and going fucking crazy. Like, no one's gonna want to see somebody my age doing that shit. Right. It doesn't mean I can't make a good aesthetic video. All right, let's talk. All right. Let's talk. Right, three so, best tracks here. Yeah, three okay. best tracks on easy, four for four. Easy story of OJ is easy for me. Marcy, me, Marcy, me is number two. Yeah, and I'm gonna put four 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 at three for me personally. But those are my three. There is one joint on like, here that I, I feel like, like the bomb, was bomb, the bomb bomb. That a joint with Damien? That's my four. That's number four for me. What's the one where he says? That's, uh, that's such a banger. Are you talking about the Damien track, Steve? I, yeah. Hold up. This shit. Bomb bomb. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where he says "fuck the Sean Carter stuff," the Sean Carter smooth shit. Am I right on that? Oh, you know what? Smile is the kind of the shit too. Though. So I actually put that up. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, let's let's rock to this for let's leave it like twenty seconds. That's interesting to me. There's a lot of stuff on this record where like. We had AR-15s right. before you had A&Rs. <laughs> so it's interesting to me where uh, there's a lot of stuff on this this record where, like, it's obvious he recorded different verses in different places. Yeah, agreed. Um, which I think sort of, like, I could see it's it's an interesting paradox, the paradox we call reality, where I think a lot of, uh, like, <laughs> you could see, like, an underground dude be like, oh, like, you just got lazy and half-assed it, where somebody in Jay-Z's case you might be able to make the argument, oh, like he was just so in the moment, in the moment of the moment that he had to get that verse out in that particular environment. But mm-hmm. smile. I'll take the latter. So I was thinking, like, it, it's it's impossible for me to be objective about this, but the probably the most famous idea and ability song, rest in peace to the homie idea and peace to the homie abilities, is smile. Mm. Cubby, rest in peace to him, had a song called smile. Like, you know, it's not going to be news to anybody that a couple people have had songs called smile. So I asked... Or I, Here's By the way, on your on your post, someone brought up too that the Scarface Tupac right, on Smile right. is a fucking right. banger too. Right, fucking right. Banger. I'm surprised for all the one word titles on Damn. I'm surprised one of the songs wasn't called Smile in all caps. 
But so I I put it up. I was like, uh, idea smile versus Jay Z smile, or idea and ability smile versus Jay Z smile. Uh, discuss. One dude was like, this is a stupid question, and I just wrote back, it's not a like I wasn't asking a question. I was just saying discuss. So fuck you. But smile to me is kind of I don't know. It's it's impossible for me to take that song as is without putting the context with the other ones. With the other the other smiles that I've heard, right, I should have been right, right, right. Um, what's the one where he said? There's one on here that's like pretty. Uh, I hate to be like the old fucking forty seven year old go. Democrat at the cocktail party. Here we go. It's that old school Jay Z, but the one where he opens the song saying, uh, "Fuck the old." I think he's saying, "Fuck the Jay, fuck the Sean Carter smooth shit." And then he just kind of talks shit the whole song. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Got a little cold, so bear with me. Does it? Got a little cold. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck in la la now. That one's kind of fire, oh, too. No. Yeah, but the point that he makes where, you know, he's talking about, like, Moonlight, the one that got shit on for uh, La La Land at the Oscars. We stuck in La La Land, and then they, they sampled the Fuji. I, it's those kind of like little MC things that, hmm. even if I don't always agree with him, you know, bitching him about cheating it's still, on Beyonce. It's still a J record. It's clever. Yeah. It's still he's a clever G record. I feel like this, so this, album's pretty, this album's pretty goddamn strong. All right, so, so okay. finishing the question I asked about the Jay-Z versus Kendrick Lamar, I will say this. There are... At least two, if not three, Kendrick Lamar songs on that album that I would rank lower than the worst song on the J record. That's a very fair statement. But I still think that the Kendrick album, if I if someone said head or tails, I'm going with damn as a better record. Okay. I'm with that. But, I think, but I, the J album has, and that's why I think like it, it can't be slept on. It can't not be talked about that he released like a ten album, ten song album that can be played front to back. Right. The only song I really don't love is Kill, Kill Jay-Z. Yeah, actually, I think the intro, which is normally for me anyway, like the intro is usually a skipper. I'll put that from two. I, actually, that's a good pull. Two to ten. And I, I, haven't heard the bon- I haven't heard the bonus tracks yet, so. I haven't either. Is there more? There's bonus tracks? <laughs> yeah, they, <I> think, <laughs> Hold on, you just changed the whole fucking night. I think there's three more songs that just came out. Wow. Like on I, maybe on iTunes? Yeah. There's, there's you could have told me Trump Shoot just... Shoot me a link. Return okay. the favor. Oh, my bad. I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get it. You could have told me... You could have been like, Trump just skull fucked an alligator, and I'd be less surprised than you telling me that there's three <laughs> extra tracks. Uh, Fucking game changer. Uh, let me... Uh, oh, damn, where was I going to go? I had something... What I thought... Oh, the so it's interesting about... Uh, it's almost like how chefs will start plating things differently. The idea that Jay-Z now is putting out a 10-song... Uh, album right. it's got to be less than 40 minutes right if even that somewhere around there yeah so that's chuck to your point about him putting stuff out on july 4th that's another thing this uh, you know for all his hustler shit like I, I never sleep on the fact this dude knows how to fucking sell records i think he's pretty far ahead of the curve in terms of release dates but i think it's also pretty fucking smart to be like i'm putting out 10 songs less than 40 minutes and then six weeks later basically putting out the other three that were would have been Songs 11 and 12 and 13 on a CD True. 10 years ago. You probably get some extra sales just off of that, right? All right, we got to wrap this up because I'm getting tired. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, give me, give me one more. I got one more topic. 
Well, I, wanna, I, I love the. I love, we should talk about the John Wayne record because I was. I do want to say, well, so like we, we don't need a deep dive. We'll save it for next time. Just let all the let let all the gangers out there know because the True. doppelgangers took time out of their schedule last last time to give or a couple episodes ago to give us time. Yep. We need to have them back on to talk about their new record. It's called Die Pop. It's available everywhere. It's been climbing the charts. Peace to those cats, and we'll definitely be talking about that record on the next episode for sure. Okay. And I want to talk about Defiant, the Defiant show, or what is okay. it? The, the Defiant ones on HBO. We gotta talk about that shit. I respect Jimmy Iovine, but it's the Elohim. D- okay, did you, did you guys finish it? I've watched all four. Yeah, I haven't seen an episode because okay. I don't have HBO. Okay, I need. I'll hook you up with a login. Log, get your login. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it for you, Z's. Okay, I've heard it's good though. From really good, man. HBO seems like everything they touch is just. Yeah. It's just so well done, you know. You need to get. You, we need to get on. They should do a fucking uh, HBO behind podcast. the music about podcast. HBO podcast. <laughs> These guys were breaking rules. They didn't right, even so tell- know there were rules, but they were breaking them. Chuck moved to New York, and these guys were like, fuck that. We're still doing <laughs> right, it. Right. We right. have 100-plus episodes left in us. Stock photo, was like, Don't stock tell me photo I of Chuck. Like, Don't tell me I can't wear Crocs during an episode. But I still live here. <laughs> Interview with Chuck's mom real quick. I didn't know what he was doing in this room. <laughs> Chuck told me about this Christmas. <laughs> these guys were inventing sandwiches. The bolt. <laughs> All right, so what do you got? Wait, what is the what is the Christmas song? Oh my god, that should takes me for so far back. Which one? It's like a, it's like a, it's an old school. It's the sample for the Run DMC song, but it's like back, oh, back to our Santa. Back to our Santa. So I swear to God, I, I tell my mom, I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. This shit's like really popping. She's no. like, all right. So we go to uh, no it's the wizard. It's the Wizards <laughs> Knicks game. Yes. And I'm like I'm on the way, and I'm just like, we had, we had done a podcast last night. Had all these like Christmas jokes and shit was super funny. Backdoor Santa's on in the concourse. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. I make my moves about the break of day. Oh boy. Backdoor I was like, that's Santa. the song I was talking about. Mm-hmm. They call me Backdoor Santa. Uh, here's a throwback. I have a remix called Balding Backdoor Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what so tell me about the defiant ones. All right, it, it's like a parallel life story of Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. And it's like parallel, parallel, and then they collide and combine into one and take off. How's that sound? If, excellent I, were to, if I were to draw a yep. picture of the two. Yeah, that's an excellent explanation of the show. And both of them have crazy-ass backstories, you know? I think, I think Dr. Dre's is far more tragic compared to Jimmy Iovine's. I mean, okay. Jimmy Iovine's is like the guy hits the lottery ten times, right? Yeah, but it, I would say he if you were to he works it, hard. His his story is longer. His story Dre's is longer. Is Dre's is definitely like more Faster. interesting and crazy and tragic and yeah. all this other shit. But like that's I think that's kind of why the balance makes sense is right. that you have Jimmy Iovine who's like a seasoned veteran and just also not some fucking nobody like right. red hook brooklyn growing up yeah like the story of him you know they tell him to come in on easter sunday and sweep the floor it's like john recording. lennon he's it's like john, john lennon's here like it's just the, like he had those like you said he he did definitely get lucky a bunch of times but just had the work ethic and then combined with dre and it's like hey sometimes this happens right 
that's why it's so important that that story is documented because the fact that no one wanted the chronic i just want to make that's this insane that, that's insane. i want to make this point about the show is that while they would play records off the chronic that i hadn't heard in a couple months i was sitting there like at the, on my couch like this and like that and like this and I, yeah like it was just there's a i think uh episode two ends with little ghetto boy yeah. and i like had not heard that song in so long right and it's so fire that it the whole documentary it's like the best music documentary ever it's just right after right two amazing yeah, he's had like, i mean when they go through his catalog he's had some of the biggest hip-hop records ever are straight out of dr dre's head you know like when yeah. they're playing first they're like playing these nwa songs you're like holy shit and then it's like and then he made the fucking chronic you're like holy shit and then it's like then they start playing snoop's debut album you're like holy shit then it's like <laughs> and then eminem's first album you're like fuck right and then kendrick yeah then it's like and then it's like oh yeah by the way here's a kendrick lamar he made he executive produced this guy too so I heard an interview with Jimmy Iovine on the Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah. And one of the things that he said was he was like, yo, the crazy thing about Dre is prolific as he's been. Yeah. Like you've heard 1% of the music that he's ever made because he's the pickiest person in terms of what he'll actually release. Wow. So him and Damu are kind of on the same. You know, it's <laughs> funny you say that because so I was actually, I went back looking, God, what was I doing? I was going to do a throwback line to, the Y Society thing, which was uh, Damu and Insight, when they sampled the Uneducated Consumers' song, In the Pocket. Um, what was the name of that? Uh, Travel at Your Own Pace, I think. Anyway, I went, I think that was yeah, an, that, was that the, the name of the record? Album. Okay. Or at, um, at Your Own Pace. Maybe at Your Own Pace. I think I was trying to say Travel at Your Own Pace, and then like that was – anyway. Um, when I went back and looked for the, the song title or the album title, that dude's discography is insane. He's got a Damu. I mean, he's got a lot of shit huh. and it is interesting that the people like, it's almost like the tip of the, literally the tip of the iceberg. Like you're not seeing like one, one hundredth of what these guys have made, which is crazy wow. considering how much stuff they put out. But I need I think that it's, it's important to remember that the precursor record to the chronic on Interscope was none other than, Rico. Oh yeah, Rico Suave. <laughs> Suave. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, dude. They, not, when they saw that part of the documentary is so crazy to me. The only two artists on Interscope at the time were Primus and Gerardo. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was turning Dre down. Wow. I love Listen, that guys, Gerard, that Gerardo record was my shit. <laughs> was it really? That, I mean, I was like in sixth grade or seventh grade. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Listen, to, to really boost up the label, we need to have our acts go on a tour. Who we got? Well, <laughs> Promise and Gerardo. Yeah. Going down to South Park, Rico, Suave. Um, what was what was the Primus song? The other My Name is Mud? My or something name is, like yeah. That, yeah, that, that was, was a shit. great song. That was a great song. Mm -hmm. The cool shit that shouldn't be downplayed is uh, Trent Reznor. In the documentary is crazy too. Agreed. I definitely was bumping some nine inch nails the other day. What was his role? Oh, it's Defiant Ones. It's not just about Dre. It's about artists. Well, he was the Jimmy. He was on the Jimmy Iovine. He was on Interscope. Yeah. But he's a. I didn't realize how like Trent Reznor is like. What is he? The creative director of Apple Music or some crazy shit like Get that? Get the fuck yeah. out of here! Yeah, dude. Yeah, he, wow. His it's, title in the movie is just mind blowing to begin with. You're like, yo, like no, you're that's... the you're the creative director for Apple Music, Trent Reznor. Like, 
I'll tell you. So there was this. There was what was he had an album called With the Teeth, and then there was a single. I forget. Uh, at one point, like uh, during educated consumer sets, we were using it as like this the second the second verse of uh, our turn, our time. I think it was like a really fast paced uh, jam. Okay. That his he made some like. I mean, I don't know if they were break beats or like on some necro shit, playing it on keyboards, but he he made some ill shit. Oh yeah, they, well I mean they're showing his in a couple shots they had like footage of his old studio. It was fucking out there, man. Yeah, I bet he's a, I bet he's one of those dudes like you meet him, you're like, oh man, like he seems so much normal, more normal than I thought. And then like a week later, you're like, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who does the thing where they get hooks in their back and suspended in midair, that's crazy. And like I remember reading an interview with him, I was like, "That's, that's taking it oh, too he's, far." He's 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 in it like that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Wait, was that him or Marilyn Manson? I think I'm. I'd imagine both. You know what? I'd say he's more about he's more about that he's life more about than that Marilyn life. Manson. No, yeah. but who's so? I'm thinking of like a like Money. a video that I think all of us have seen where yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. Was right. Who him? is? I always assume that was Marilyn Manson in that video. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know that either of them actually. I mean, God, can you imagine the the fucking uh, per, like the sh- the video runner? He's like, hey, the star of the video. He's like, he's actually gonna suspend himself on hooks to get a three second shot. <laughs> you fired. There's just those certain video clips though that like live on forever. Right. Like right, the yeah. one of two Pete uh, of uh, two Pete. Oh two Pete. Two Pete. Of, uh, of, of two Pete hanging out the the car where he's like flipping the double bird. Yeah. Right. In the like that image, I was just like every time I see it in a documentary, I'm like, yep. Can I ask you guys? Can I ask you guys a question too? I feel like I've seen, you know, in the way that like you'll see something go way under the radar in the midst of the cascade of other news. I might be playing myself by bringing this up. Did Suge Knight actually reveal Tupac's killers? And like, I feel like no one talks about it. I think yes, and I think yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Like, was this just already known by people, or nobody cares anymore? (laughs) We should talk about why there's no reaction to that. Okay. Why did I fuck up? Did I blow it? No, I think you're. I think you bring up a very good point. Well, honestly, honestly, I I don't I think Suge Knight is I, I can't I don't believe anything that dude says. I feel like okay, he's, okay. So I, that was my I saw that shit and I was like I'm not gonna click on that. That dude's locked. He's locked up in jail for the rest of his life. He'll say anything to right. The Hamburglar did it. Yeah, oh, like I, I don't I don't think it holds any weight. Chuck, what do you think? I mean, I guess I guess I agree with Steve. I mean, uh, you don't like, have uh, to. It, it, no, I, I do. I mean, the more like it's very sobering for you to say that. I think when I saw it, 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 it was something that always made sense, which was that it was retaliation for like the fight in the casino, you know, hours right. before. Right. Which was all, all he did was say that that story, that theory of what happened is correct. He didn't, it wasn't like Shook Knight came out with anything that was uh, like completely out of left field and everyone's like, oh shit, that's what happened. Right. <laughs> right. He just. He, I think, oh. Oh. I think. I think he just. It. Puffy did it. Yeah. I think he just confirmed one of. So to your point, why? Why I wanted to backtrack is I'm like, yeah, exactly. All he did was confirm one of the most common <laughs> right. theories. Right. That really isn't a story. It's just Suge Knight saying, "Yeah, I agree with those people. Let me out of jail." <laughs> right, right, Dude, but right. that could be that could be all part of some strange plea deal from prison to like. Yeah, he's in the comment section of every article. Is like, okay. I'm no, because because isn't there wasn't the other one of the theories was was that a uh, 
LAPD officer had killed Tupac, right? Okay. So why don't they be like, all right, motherfucker, like you want to get an extra dinner tonight? You clear the name of the LAPD by saying this shit. Sure. I, you know, oh, that's I didn't think of it that deep. <laughs> right, right. That's one of the oh. things that always sort of like, uh, like I always thought the media and all politicians. I'm, with you. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. I know, but I like that was the <laughs> very like compelling like argument. I'm right. like, yeah, all right. all right, I'm with that. All right. I think it was always, you know, like all media's and politicians are all liars. Now they actually have been proven to be like, you can be right. How, how do you listen to anything? Like you everything can't. that comes from it. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Hillary was setting up uh, the meetings with Russian lawyers, right? Right, sure. That was certainly Hillary that was setting those meetings up. Right. Who knows? <laughs> Cronbills just signed a million-dollar contract with Interscope. We're touring with with Primus. With Primus and Gerardo. <laughs> I heard two million. Fresh and Bobito coming back on NPR. I'm really excited about that. Okay. I subscribed right. already. They haven't even put anything out. Me too. I got I got uh, like a notification. There's a two minute promo video, which is what I had already watched. To subscribe. Now, were they on some Mike and the Mag Dog shit? Where they just got sick of each other? Why did they go their separate ways? You say Mag Dog? Mag Dog. Mag Dog. You could be a different only style built for that. Cuban drinks. <laughs> Mag Dog. Uh. Is it worth diving into as to why they broke up or the time to move on? Next day. I think Not Steve for nothing. Like, this, is, he's, this was a Steve Emerald song. We're pretty much literally two I hours gotta go, I got to go to bed. Thanks to everyone who stuck with us. Listen, Chrome Bills t-shirts, PayPal, ChromeBillsGmail.com, 25 bucks, shipping and handling, shipping and handling included. <laughs> All right, so this is the John Wayne. So on the way out, I think uh, I know we wanted to talk about this. I'm just gonna say that I love this record. I love this record for sure. Out of sight's my favorite song in 2017. Peace to Sheed, peace to Ben, peace to Chuck for being such a good host. Peace to Varrock. You know what I love about this song is that there's no snare drum; it's a beep. Right. I don't know many songs with beeps as snare drums. Right. His delivery kind of reminds me of Cubby, too. And I mean that as a compliment. Dead on. All right, gentlemen. All right, yo. Good shit. Peace. 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 Hey, Chuck, if you got a second. Yeah, come on.